It's what it is. Yeah. <sighs> it's a, it is a shame, though. I feel bad for the dogs in this situation. Well, you know, you talk what? about, you can, you can shed tears you got, and cry about really quick. A lot you of got, things. you got something rustling in the background. What is, what is that? Oh, sorry. I'm putting away. It's a garment bag for a coat. I'm sorry. This oh. last one. I didn't mean to do that. Yes. It, it, it was just kind of loud. I was more thinking for, well, one for my ears and two for anybody listening. Sorry. Yeah, trip. that sucks. That's shitty. Yeah. I was just kind of tidying up. I had my coat from yesterday, my sports coat I was wearing from yesterday. Uh, still lying on my bed. I was like, I should just put this fucking away. My but, cousin's gay, too. I'll give you his number. What? Because I wear a sports coat? Because I wear yeah. sports coats. <laughs> men, I'm, I'm men wear men. Men wear coats. Men wear. They get. They. Uh, they. Uh, you know, sartorially express themselves. Yep. 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 It's the best way to look good. Them. I think. I'm just busting your balls. I think women find men in a suit uh, attractive, like how men find women in lingerie attractive. I've heard that once. That's like their number one. They like to see a guy in like a tuxedo or in a suit real dappered out. Huh. Little pro tip if you want to really uh, press the ladies in appearance. One of my secrets is I dress up real nice before going out if I'm trying to appeal to women. And, that you uh, do. That you do. You do that and shit, I haven't hit on a girl in three years. Anyway, so, um, or rather, I haven't approached a woman in three years. But uh, they all they all come to you. That's what's happened. Yep. But uh, that's a that's a whole. There's a lot of nuance to it, I I think. And uh, it's more than just wearing a nice suit. There's body language, and you have to go out by yourself. Never really. Oh, maybe I have been approached when I was in a part of a group, but it's people are more uh, apt to approach you and to be curious about you if you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. So the right environment and you're kind of in a welcoming situation, you'd be surprised. So there's that dynamic and a number of others. That's how you carry yourself. too. So I, I see that being true. The, the by yourself, yeah, I don't know what it, I don't know if it makes you more approachable or women are are more like there's For like sure. some mystery to why is this guy out yeah. by himself or, or I think less, it's a little uh, bit of both. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Less because you're not less nerd, if you're in a group. He's by, his, he's by himself. Yeah, by, what are his friends gonna What are his friends thinking? Or they're you know they're gonna be heckling us if I come talk to him or who who knows they're out celebrating something. Who knows what's going on in their mind? Well, you know. Um, it's just I think they they what they do is they look and they say, Wow, uh attractive man. If you're wearing a suit, you're gonna be attractive. If you're wearing a, a form fitting, if you gotta if you're you take care of yourself, you're clean, you're well groomed, you're wearing a nice suit, women are gonna find you attractive, more more most likely. And uh if you carry yourself in a very confident manner, you're walking to a place by yourself. Most people are really scared of that. So that just doing that in itself um, and that was something I was really terrified. I did not want to go out by myself. I, I've been raised <laughs> using wingman all my life, you know, when it came to nightlife stuff. And so, uh, 
um, using going out by myself is just terrifying. Just a lot of anxiety comes from that and social anxiety and all that stuff. Hmm. But <clears throat> kind of bite the bullet. And if you feel fear, that's good. That means you're growing. If you're uncomfortable, that means you're growing. Plunge ahead, all that. And uh, now I prefer it. I don't like going out. With, I mean, I, I do. I'll go out um, with buddies, but it's like you also. What happened was you come to you come to an age where you can't you can't rely on a wingman anymore. You just can't. You can't do it. You're too old for that shit. You you won't have a consistent uh, person, dude. That'll kind of be out there with you. You just can't can't count on them. People grow up and they get married or serious girlfriends. And for me, that's not something I'm interested in. So for my social interactions, it doesn't need to be, I'm trying to get laid. That's not what I do. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to meet meet people because I'm an extrovert and I, and I need social interaction. And uh, if you go out by yourself, you're far more approachable because as soon as you get in a group, it's more clicky. And it's like, oh, they don't want to be bothered or it's a risk. You're going oh, into situations. Oh. If you're by yourself, it's kind of like, oh, this person's just by himself, you know, not talking to anybody. It's like a wide open door saying, hey, come over here and talk to me. It's okay, you know. Um, don't You don't want to be on your cell phone, nose in a book, anything like that, you know. You have to be comfortable mm-hmm. just being by yourself and – just chilling, you know. I not people use when they're by themselves in public, they use their cell phone as a um, a crutch. Like they're going to their cell phone looking over bullshit they're not even interested in just so they look like they're doing something and they don't they feel like they're a fool. Now somebody's right. in the background noise, it's you, you prick. Yeah, there's you a plane to... flying overhead. I was trying to enjoy some of the nice weather. You son of a bitch. No, I'm joking, that's fine. Enjoy it. Anyways, uh, but no, I think I, I kind of notice people, you know, when they're by themselves or waiting for people, they get on their cell phone and it's just so they look like they're doing something. They don't look like they're, um, it's a, a crutch. It's a crutch. And so if you can get over that hurdle and it's like, no, I'm comfortable being by myself and I don't need to go on my cell phone to pretend like I'm looking at something and I'm busy. Uh, right. People will like, oh, this guy, this guy's. I'm curious. What's this guy doing here? Let's find out. You know, real easy, real simple. And if you're if you're dressed well, you're, you'll be attracted to women. Women will be even more intrigued, be more impelled. If they got a little liquor in them, oh yeah, yep. You'd be you might be surprised. You might be surprised. So yeah. Um, yeah. So my point is, dress well, dress nice. It says a lot about you. Having good style, women are fun and attractive. Also shows um, we're talking about like we're talking about hypergamy. Also shows that you have you sh- at least you're presenting as if you're well off, you have money, and you get your shit together, and mm-hmm. that is what's most attractive to women. And so, <clears throat> I think why women find suits so attractive it's on such a deep level that really just kind of hits a lot of their a lot of their pleasure spots about what they find attractive in a man. So, yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So who's laughing now, asshole? <laughs> Not so well, gay anymore, am I? 
that's why. <laughs> that's why you kind of ruined the joke because it was just me fucking with you. And yeah, it's you. I know you dress well, and you're not obviously not gay, and that wouldn't really matter if you were. It was just a, as a bad joke, and it kind of backfired on me. So now I kind of feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I only push back the fact that you have to in order to dress well you have to be gay. I say nonsense. Doesn't make you gay. You might you might argue it's it's a feminine thing. It's like oh men are only ugh. they don't care about these things and they just kind of scratch their balls and wear what they want, whatever's comfortable. Just wear yeah. Levi's and a V neck. Tell that to Vince Lombardi. You know Vince Lombardi. Legendary football coach. Some say the greatest head football coach all time. The Super Bowl trophy is named after him, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Huh? What? I have his autobiography. I haven't. I haven't started reading it yet, but somebody recommends it. I can't remember the name of it, but I've. I've got his autobiography. Winning is a habit. To read it. Is it called Winning is a um, Habit? Or no? No, it's. Uh, hold on, the second one's going to make me do. Do research. There's there's like a there's like trillions of auto or bio not autos but biographies on him. So I don't if you wrote one for himself himself then I figured that would be kind of a, an important one. Surprised when pride title. still mattered. Oh yes, I know that one. When pride still mattered. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so I'm so behind on on reading. I've just got that's that's oh. Your phone got too hot, huh? Yeah, too hot. And My bad. Hot and bothered by the by the by the shit I was saying. It got all excited, huffing and puffing. Yeah, <laughs> sweating. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, you all the gay talk. It was just like Ooh. finally. Oh, you think of your phone as a as a male, do you? Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. You know, I you know it, it takes. I, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say I think my phone is a gay a gay man. But I don't judge it. Where's its Where's its cock? What is it penetrating? See, I think of it as a female. It takes the jack in. You know, my my charger is the male in the relationship. See how that works? Oh God, let's <laughs> let's just get to the movie quote. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what were we What were we saying? Oh, Vince Lombardi. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. when pride uh, still mattered. When, when pride still, still mattered. Yeah. Well, he was. He believed in perfection. That was his thing. He just wanted everything to be perfect. And he believed appearance was crucial. So he never left the house without having his suit fucking perfect, his hair fucking perfect, everything shaved every single day, and go to mass in the morning. Everything perfect. So huh. my point is it's, uh, it's masculine as hell, taking care of yourself, being clean sophisticated in this world that is our armor is dressing nice enough so you can go out and get respect from the others right and, and make more money so that's now, our suit, think, ar- that, suit that, of armor uh-huh. that brings up a question for me what do you think uh chicks think of beards like the big mountain man beard uh it depends on the woman so Studies show, okay, so in my experience, about half the women I, I've, I've known and are in my life or been my life like like me with a beard, and the other half don't. They prefer me without the beard. Mm. So uh, it's a matter of preference, it seems. What, I, mm-hmm. what studies have shown, though, is when women are ovulating, they have, uh, they have a, a, an attraction to beards. 
a more a higher attraction to beards when they're when they're ovulating. Makes them more exciting. Yeah. I think that has to do is very showing a beard is proof that you're a that you're a matured man, right? You're not a boy anymore. So and it's a masculine, heavily masculine uh genetic trait. Women can't grow beards, for instance. So uh I think um I don't know. I, I it, it, so. I think women generally like them in this age because it's, it's definitely socially acceptable. Um, it's, for some men, the beard makes you look better, just does. And so uh, the girls, women in my life who never didn't like beards, it, it's because they didn't like any hair. They also had a problem with my chest hair, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and they just like. Certain girls, you kiss them, and the beard bothers their face. It scratches their face and bothers their face. You know, they don't like that. Like, ouch. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I don't know. There's, but yeah, I do know it makes sense why women would find them visually attractive, at least, and mm-hmm. we're kind of get excited by men with a beard. That being said, it's got to be clean. A dirty, filthy, unkept beard is just as gross as is unwashed, you know, fucked up hair. It's all over the place. Right. 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 So in the end, uh, you still have to clean. You have to be clean. You have to be well-groomed. So if you're going to have a beard, make sure it's clean. And because uh, <clears throat> beards are actually filthy. Just in general, you know, there's like more bacteria on a beard than on your asshole or some shit. I can't remember your asshole, but it's like really, it's really filthy a beard. If you look up the statistics, it's really gross. And one thing I, I hate about that. having, yeah, one thing I hate about having long beards is uh, sometimes when eating, you get little, like fucking, ugh, it's gross. Like little, yeah, you know, remnants of that, food on your foot. I'm like, ugh, I hate that. Okay. Yeah, I I noticed I noticed the same thing with especially with the mustache when it gets longer. It's like anything you put your your face up to gets in your mustache, and so I'm just like, this is gross. Like I've got smoothie or whatever the hell ketchup in your oh, mustache. Oh yeah, like, it's fucking gross. Oh, dude. that's disgusting. Uh, I love mustaches too. It breaks my heart, but yeah, I just soak that that thing right in my cocktail, my whiskey. That's actually not so bad. I feel like little a mustache with a little little with a little you know gin or, or whiskey in it I mean that's cleaning it that's clean that's a cleaning agent it's, it's purifying with the alcohol it's got to go pure though can't have too much sugar and shit in that stuff but uh, yeah no beards if you really think about them on a microbiological biological sense or whatever it is uh, microbe level pretty gross pretty fucking gross but uh, yeah I think it's dirtier than than the common park bench or some or subway rail. I, I don't know. I, it, it's like really Ugh. gross. Yeah. Well, I, I usually, when I, I shave, I ended up shaving mine just recently, but I, I try and wash it every single day with like a actual soap or beard wash or whatever the hell. Right. Yeah. It just, it just feels gross. It gets like thick and dingy and it, yeah, it gets so bad. I'm like, Ooh. it's, it's more, there's like a nice in between to where I don't know how dudes do those big, super long biking beards. Cause to me, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes dragging a razor across your face is super annoying. So sometimes it's kind of nice to be right in between. But I almost oh, yeah. like being clean shaven better. I just don't like I don't like shaving every day. 
I don't put a blade to my face, but for very rare special occasions. Last time I think I I did, I got a, a proper straight razor shave at a barber. It's the full experience. That might have been. I've never done that. I always wanted to. A year and a half ago for my birthday. A year and a half ago. I was like, fuck, I want to experience this. It's a great experience. It's just fun. Afterwards, I thought I looked awful. It's like you look so weird if you've had facial hair for a time, then you, you cut it all off. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I like it. You know, it takes you a while to get used to your your own face. Yeah. And uh, that's what I find. Is, is I, I, I always hate it when I freshly shave immediately after. But then you get used to it. And you're like, okay, I'm, I, I like my face again, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Who's that stranger in the mirror? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't use a blade on my face because I just don't think regularly. That is, I don't think it's probably good for the skin. I know the blade's supposed to exfoliate the skin, and that's supposed to be good. But I just exfo- exfoliate it anyway, you know. And one thing that I use, I always needed to use when I was shaving. Um, is the aftershave or alcohol, and that dries the skin. That's not healthy. So, otherwise, you get all fucking, you get the, uh, what's it called? Aftershave burn or, uh, what's it called? Razor burn? Razor burn. burn. You get all pimply and stuff from it, too. And, uh, yeah, as soon as I got my first bird trimmer, beard, sorry, beard trimmer when I was, I think I was 17 or 18, I never, I stopped shaving. And back then I was only shaving once a week anyway. So I went from shaving once a week to beard trimming at a zero once a week. You know, right now I'm maintaining like a number two, a number two beard, but, um, which is about as effective as a, as a, looks like stubble. Like five o'clock shadow, you know, because I have a weaker beard, it's thinner. But uh, um, you've got a very nice beard, like. Greggy. You got a very. I nice think it's, beard. it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's better than nothing, and it's clean, and it's kind of it's where you kind of want it. And uh, I feel like a nice little medium. It, people who women who like the beard, you got a little bit of that, and women who don't like the beard, it's it's. It's still there, but it's not as bad. You know, it's more right. acceptable. But yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So it's like one of those things. Like my mother hates all facial hair. My sister loves all facial hair. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Weird. I don't either. Yeah, I was just curious. I shaved mine and Kayla and Judge. Not that I ask really, but she doesn't seem to care one way or the other. But she did mention like, yeah, I like when you when you shave and you get like that little stubble, like just like kind of I don't remember what her word for it was, but like like the stubble, like got like a three day beard or whatever. I'm like, huh? Yeah, the shadow. Yeah, scruffy. That's what she says. Scruff. The scruff. The scruff. Yeah, every, yeah. Preference. You know. Um, I mean, I've had certain people say I don't like mustaches, but I like a mustache on you. You wear it well. Right. Like, I don't, I like Tom Selleck. I like my Tom Selleck to have a mustache. I don't like him mm-hmm. not having a mustache. It's weird. And uh, so there's certain things. My aunt, uh, so my uncle, my brother, my, my sister's brother 
can grow a hell of a beard. Okay. Always has. And uh, his wife, uh, my aunt, as long as she's known him, he's always had at least a goatee, a mustache, or a beard, some some form or another. And it was some, I don't know how long it was in the relationship, maybe 10, 15 years or so, that living together and married. And uh, for the first time, my uncle decides to shave his face clean. And so he's walking around the house and his wife, she runs into him in the hallway and sees him and she freaks out, scared, thinking he was a stranger in the house. Weird. (laughs) Ah! Maybe she slapped him. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Are you making that part up? (laughs) I don't know. I always imagined that she slapped him because she was so afraid of like the stranger, like, ah, get away from me, you know? And uh, I just think that's a funny a little extra spice to the story. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's there's silly there's silly formations that that Dom Hemingway beard shape I like so much. Nobody else likes it other than you. Uh, nobody else likes it. But, uh, <laughs> I rock it anyway. From time to time. Because I like that movie. Yeah. I like that. Movie. Yeah. Huh. You're not doing it for them. Damn straight. Yeah. Yeah. My mother, she's like, because we work together, she's like, I don't want to be associated with you if you're going to have that. You know. Are you serious? It's a good, a good deal breaker. It's, like, it's totally unacceptable. She thinks it's like, she thinks it's offending yeah. the clients or what? Uh, she thinks it's completely unprofessional. I'm not taking things seriously. And I look, I look <laughs> ridiculous. Right? So... It's sending out the wrong image and uh, look to our clientele, and it could be. Yeah, I agree with her. There's actually no protest. Look, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, but uh, I think the the furthest exoticness she's ever allowed me, uh, facial hair wise, is maybe a tea mustache. Maybe, maybe. I feel like maybe I had to shave the soul patch. So just me, you know, but I think maybe, yeah. maybe I wasn't allowed to have the tea when I think about it. So that's the problem when you're in business and you're sales and sales, you gotta, you can't, it's not like I'm, I'm freelancing in some, in my garage for, you know, a tech company, I can grow a ponytail and, and, father time. Although I did it during the shutdowns because we weren't working really. You know, we weren't allowed to work. Yeah. That much. Yeah. You're not bur- so I'm just brewing gonna... beer. Or... <sighs> yeah. Oh, was, I was just like, and we all had to wear masks. Like, fuck, I'm just going to wear this. I'm going to grow this thing out. I'm going to grow this fucking thing out. See what I can, what I can muster. And I was pretty pleased with which, the results. I did a little devil's I beard. Beer, I don't think beard look I, unprofessional. I, I could see the, your mom. The type argument, of shape like, of beard. Maybe, the type and shape of beard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe at first glance, somebody doesn't know you, and you've got the Dom Dom Heming, Don Hemingway beard. Dom, like, what the fuck Dom is Mike. up with this yeah. Dom Hemingway? I don't know why that was a tongue twister for me. Dom Hemingway beard. Yeah. I could fib in like, what's this guy's deal? Is he just a jackass? Kind of like doesn't give a shit. Real realtor, like somebody, some guy might like it. Like, I respect it, man. Hell yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I see. I kind of see your mom's point. And yeah, for 
sales. I think it's of just, sales. I think of kind of clean, clean shaven or like a, a low groomed beard, not a big old Viking beard and ponytail. Right. I'd be like, what's this guy's? What's this guy's deal? So, uh, sales image is extremely important. So, what are you broadcasting out? And you're right. I might have the Dom Hemingway beard. I call it Dom Hemingway beard for people who haven't seen the movie. It's it's uh, it's just the friendly mutton chops is what it is. It's two chop mutton chops. Uh, uh, combined by a mustache. So the, it's a, basically a beard. You shave the chin and underneath the jaw. And so, um, anyways, radical-looking beard. English hoodlum. My dad's like, you look like an English hood. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the idea. But you're right. You, you, you never know. You might come across somebody who really fucking loves it. Like, ah, man, that's awesome. I want you to represent me. I want to buy something from you but you also might scare away a lot of fishes. And so it's it just like when we, when we go through a house and we, we give our suggestions of what they need to change, like a room with red walls, painted red walls, it's like automatic. You want to not have that red anymore. You want to paint it in neutral color. Sure. You might come across a buyer who will absolutely fall in love and, and love that red, but the odds are, the majority of people aren't going to dig it, that it's going to give them a bad feeling and they're going to be turned off by the house just for fucking red, red wall. And it's li- that's literally happened for listings we've had. There's one listing in particular where it languished on the market for weeks and then we finally convinced her to paint the wall, not red, but some other color, and it sold like within a week. Huh. And so <laughs> you don't want to limit your pool of suitors, so to speak. You want, as, you want a castle as wide a net as possible. So that guy who may have loved me for having the Dom Hemingway beard, well, if I didn't have it and I was just regular clean shaving, I might not woo him, but at least I'm not uh, a deal breaker for him, you know? Right. Like like I would be for so many others. So that's that's kind of the idea. I agree with it. It's important. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I don't know how we got to talking about that. Um, sales. You asked me. Be- about oh yeah, beards. yes. Do women find yeah. beards attractive? And I think, I think generally they do. It's just, it's a matter of preference. Again, Mike's first about fifty fifty, but I think, I think it also it, it it says a lot about a woman's personality, the type of woman who likes a beard versus the type of woman who doesn't like a beard. You know, and uh, women who don't like beards. Uh, I think are, I, I, yeah, again, the ones I'm thinking, like, they, they're hyper, hyper clean. Everything has to be super sterilized and clean, you know, and they think of a beard as gross. And it's, and maybe, it, again, it scratches them, it bothers them. And uh, so a beard is a turnoff. But that's kind of, in my mind, that's kind of a, a conscious the conscious overpowering the subconscious. Cause I think subconsciously women probably do find beards generally attractive because it's a, just like men generally find long hair attractive. It's, it's a health indicator of good genes, good DNA, yeah. masculine trait, masculine traits. You can grow a beard, you know, and if you're balding, it's kind of like, well, kind of want to make up for that so grow out some facial hair you know 
And, uh, and then, yeah, you, you shave the head, you get all clean, and then you grow out a beard. Not too, not too crazy. I don't know. Depends. But um, that could be. That's a really good look that a lot of women go for. Is somebody who can show off a little facial hair, but be neat and clean. If you if you got nothing going on upstairs, and uh, um, meaning hair, obviously brains. You need to have brains. But the point is, it's yeah. It, it, I think I think women who don't like beards, it's it's probably their consciousness is overpowering their subconscious attraction. Which then you hear about how women, when they're ovulating, find beards more attractive. That really makes you think that that girl who doesn't like beards, when she's ovulating, she might suddenly have this this absolute uncontrollable impulsive desire for that man with the beard suddenly. That she can't help herself kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, But who knows? Biology. Can be complicated as far as that because yes. the sexual dynamics played in our little dance. I try not to overthink things too much. Just enjoy, just enjoy the ride. That's all you can do. Be in the moment, enjoy the ride. Yeah, uh, yeah. I typically don't. Well, I'm in a relationship, obviously, but I kind of just go off what I'm feeling. And for me, that'll be sometimes grow the beard and leave it for a while and then shave it off and tell them sick of being clean shaven and grow it back. But it's nice to have the, it's nice to just have the freedom to do, to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think the most important thing for, for guys, if they're you know, for that question, what attracts women most beards or no beards, I would say whatever makes you feel most confident will attract the women the most. So for guys, for you, what, if you're thinking about, man, I want to, I want an image, I want to look that will attract the most women. You're, you should think about, well, what is, what makes me feel like I'm just this awesome, badass, sexy motherfucker? What look does that for me? Could be a beard, could be a mustache, could be a T mustache, could be the Dom Hemingway beard, which is why I swing it sometimes. Like, fuck, I feel really confident in this, and that's what matters most. And it becomes a conversation piece too. That's what that's what it was. Get a woman coming up to me, thinking I'm fascinating, I'm interested, and kind of it's a love it or hate it thing. So if a woman is coming to you when you have a beard like that, was well, like this woman already loves me, you know. And so, uh, so I mean, if you're talking about this isn't business, this is about getting girls uh, or women attracting women. I won't say getting girls, attracting women. Um, what matters most is, is confidence uh, at a base level. If you don't have confidence, you'll get nowhere. If you've established yourself and you've got plenty of confidence, well, you can do whatever you fucking want, essentially. But if you haven't yet and you're kind of gaining and, and building on your confidence, go with the thing that is going to make you feel most confident. Use it, you know. So Right. That's it. And like I said, something uh, clean shaving. I don't touch clean shaving because, again, I think I look weird after I go from facial hair to nothing, and I like, oh, I don't like my face anymore. You know, that doesn't make me feel confident. I'm not going to be as effective. I feel like, you know. So, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm glad we kind of cleared that up have that talk any anything else you want to talk about with beards greg 
what's your favorite beard formation? What do you like? I think again that's a it's it kind of depends on the person and their facial features. Like some people, like one of my buddies, he's super good looking dude, has a really strong jawline. Can't really grow a beard to save his life. So if he grows a beard, it would look weird. He can almost just do like a I think all he can do is like a T mustache or maybe like kind of like a little bit of a Tony Stark Tony Stark mustache and like the chin hair. Mm. Um but just doesn't grow a beard. But I, I'd say overall, I kind of like a, like a, well, I don't know what length, but like a, for me, like a, just a well-groomed beard, like maybe like three mm-hmm. weeks worth of growth. And trimmed yep. up. Yep. Well, when it gets too long, you just, you kind of just start, I just kind of start associating with like, like a dirty, you know, it looks dirty and gross and who knows what kind of food and shit's in there. And yeah, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I think, uh, generally the good look that's what i was saying it's gonna grow a beard keep it keep it clean well groomed you know for me if i want a substantial beard like a legitimate beard i have to grow it out for a while and then i have to kind of trim around and, and fucking how you say cobble cobble a beard together somehow to make it to make it legit and uh so i don't know it's uh it is what it is. I've never been 100 percent satisfied with my beard. Mustache is okay though. I like my mustache and my teeth. I can do that. I got the good good growth underneath the underneath the jawline, the neared right, right the neck the neck beard the neared. That's strong in my world. The yeah. the mustache or or even a tee, That's when I have a hard time with. I remember one time being in the military growing one. And we were just in school training anyway, so it's not like I was going out trying to meet girls or impress anybody, but it was still hard to be like, I want to shave this thing on my fucking, off my lip. But even now, I'll just like go, like let it grow a little bit and shave it into a tee, and I might go a day or two, and I just can't, I can't pull it off in my mind. <laughs> I think you look good with a tee. You showing me. I think you look good uh, with a tee. Yeah. Uh, tee mustache. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. My brother, uh, both of my brothers, they can't grow. They have beards, both of them. They just always have beards. One of them, he's the absent-minded professor, so it's completely unkept and overgrown and, and gross. And he looks the way better. Absent-minded professor. <laughs> he is. He's literally that. He's a mathematician. <laughs> and so uh, he needs to shave. He looks better clean-shaven than he does with any facial hair. He might look better with a mustache. He can grow a hell of a tea mustache if he wanted. And uh, like Crockett from Miami Vice, the the movie, um, what's his name? Colin Farrell. I think that would have been that that mm-hmm. might work for him because that would show some bravado, some personality, some character. His job doesn't. He told me his job. They don't respect people who don't have facial hair. Being a professor, you need to have something. So the students um, or the uh, or the or the faculty, students? other faculty, every man, okay. every professor has some type of facial hair. Everybody's got a beard of some sort, you know. Huh. So uh, so it's kind of that. He said that in the past. I'm like, well, maintain a T. Your name's Trenton. T for Trenton, man. And uh, uh, and then my other brother, he he has one. He keeps it well groomed because he's in finance and he's got to deal with older rich people 
so he has a beard and he maintains it and it's cleaner and everything. He's, he hasn't shaved it. And, oh, I feel like seven years, six, seven years. He's had it. He's never, he's never cut it off once. Never, wow. never shaved one. He's only, you know, groomed it and maintained it. He keeps it relatively, relatively short, shortish, you know, a decent length, what he needs to, because no, nobody except for me and I can barely grow facial hair on my cheeks. It's definitely my weakest part is my cheeks, but they are awful on the cheeks as growing, as far as growing beard, you know? And, uh, and it's like, especially the older one trying is like, man, you need to just not do that anymore. You gotta cut that fucking thing off. Hell of a strong goatee. Hell of a strong goatee. Both of them have good goatee, like connected mustache to the goat. But, yeah, nothing on the cheeks, zero. Not nothing, mm. but pathetic paltry. Paltry sparse. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, enough about this. I don't even think this is interesting anymore. Let's go under yeah, a movie quote. I blame huh? you. Yeah. Sorry. I blame you for going down that, that rabbit hole. Ah, oh, fuck. I, I, yeah, I think we should cut it out. I think we should cut it I'll out, let you man. Start. That was awful. Go ahead. I'll let you start. I'll let you start. All right. <clears throat> My name is Walter, and I'm new to this group. Hey, Walter. But I'm not new to this, these meetings. I've been coming 18 years now. As a matter of fact, friends, this is my 936th consecutive meeting. Hey, man, well done. Well done is right. And all that time, I haven't once been at a track or a casino or bet on a game. Hand to God, not a cent. So I know where you're coming from, Leon. Believe me, I know. I heard your story and it's something I relate to. But I got to say, if I've learned anything, it's that gambling is not your problem. It's not? Not even close. I don't know how to say this without sounding rude. But you're a lemon, Leon. Like a bad car, there's something inherently defective in you. And you, and you, and me, and then all of us in this room. We're all lemons. We look like everyone else, but what makes us different is our defect. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose, subconsciously. Me? I never feel better or more alive than when, they take, when they're raking the chips away from me at the table, not bringing them in. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Hell, even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. But, even, but when we lose, now there's another story, when we lose. And I'm talking about the kind of loss that makes your asshole pucker up to the size of a decimal point. You know what I mean? You just created this worst possible nightmare, this side of a malignant cancer for the 20th goddamn time. And you're standing there and you're suddenly realizing, hey, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. Us lemons, we fuck shit up all the time on purpose because we constantly need to remind ourselves we're alive. Leon, gambling's not your problem. This is fucked up need to feel something, to convince yourself you exist. That's the problem. Hey, aren't you the guy I see on TV every weekend selling betting picks? So what? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's right. This, this guy, this guy. This guy sell, uh, pedals, touts, uh, pedals and touts his service on TV. You read, you read the charter, buddy? We all left our jobs at the door. 
Are you going to throw an ex-alcoholic bartender out of an AA meeting? What? You're going to do that? That's bogus, man. Hey, you didn't come. You didn't come in here with this jerk. Come on. I don't like the feeling I'm getting. If you rethink things, here's my card. We're topping 80% this season. Put it in your wallet. You never will know when you'll when you'll re, when you'll relapse. See. Bit choppy. Bit choppy. I don't have a clue. I'm, I want to guess. Is that the gambler? Fuck. No, man. No, it's not the gambler. I can't believe you haven't seen this fucking movie. Because it should have shouted at you. It's like my favorite part of the movie. Uh, two for the money. Huh, who's in that? Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey. Jerry Piven. Jerry Piven. Oh. Rene Russo. Oh, yeah. is that uh, is that where uh, Matthew McConaughey is like a quarterback and gets injured and starts yeah. Yeah, sports gambling or something? Well, he I actually just he doesn't that too. he gets into the gambling game. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I saw that on uh, Amazon or something. I think I actually added it to my watch list. So I, damn, I, I thought that, but I never would I never would have known the name. I never would have known the name even if I guessed. I would have been like, oh, there's some movie with Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey about sports gambling. No, yeah. you got me. Good one. Good one. That's uh, that's one of my favorites. I've I've loved that movie for years. It's on Amazon Prime. Go and watch it. Very entertaining. Uh, Matthew McConaughey played plays an ex star quarterback at Arizona State, Division One, right? And he goes to this bowl game. He was looking to go go pro and get drafted, but he gets. Uh, in the final play of the game or whatever, the winning drive, he he uh, gets his leg mangled and the knee's all fucking destroyed. The lower lower part of his leg is pointing, you know, away opposite. He's all fucked up. And so he's, he's trying to get back on top and, and get on the game again and, and play football again, but nobody's taking him seriously. And they're all like, you know, concerns over his knee. They don't want to sign him. <clears throat> so uh, he gets into, he li- he's living in Las Vegas and just randomly he gets into um, making picks for the NFL, handicapping, telling people how to make picks uh, based on what Vegas is putting on for, for games. Right. And he discovers real quickly he's got a knack for it. He's very good. He picks he picks about eighty percent correctly, which is outstanding, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> Pacino's character is uh, a guy who owns a business, Sports Advisors, where they tell sports gamblers they uh, for a fee or for a donation or something. I can't remember. 10% fee or donation, however they do it, of whatever their winnings are. They don't get paid if they don't win. So only if they win, uh, they get paid 10% of their winnings uh, in exchange for the, their picks, their advice, what they're going to do. And so it's kind of like they got a boiler room and there's guys trying to sell these gamblers on on basically putting more money down than they're comfortable putting down with their bookie because they're going to win. We're going to win. You know, and Al Pacino's character in this movie is ridiculous. He is one of my favorite little cartoon caricatures of Al Pacino you could ever imagine. He is over the top in this movie. 
and fantastic. So he's my favorite. And uh, then you just have Matthew McConaughey playing this the straight the straight man through this that we all experience this journey through. Where you're looking at Al Pacino and the, the crazy gambling and all this stuff <clears throat> in New York, and he goes from being a complete schlub, you know, reject from from out of college football, nothing going on in his life to really start starts kicking ass and making a lot of money. And so uh, it's fun, great adventure. And yeah, if you ever have gambled or especially sports gambled, you can appreciate this movie, especially. Have you ever, you ever got into sports betting? No, never done it, but I worked with a guy and, and then, Kind of, kind of friends with a guy who who does that quite a bit. So maybe I'll recommend it to him. Yeah. Well, for sure. I, I bet you he's seen the movie. I bet you he's just maybe. seen it. I don't you know. know. Yeah. You've never you've never laid down for a game before. Laid down anything on a game before ever. Not that Nothing. I can remember. No. Nope. Not even like so like motocross. You're into that. And you didn't like hey, fifty bucks is what's his name wins whatever. Ever? Nothing? Nope. No. Fuck. <laughs> oh, you know so, what? I I think I've I think I might have put put money on a UFC fight one time. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. How'd you like it? How How'd you like that experience? Um, I wish I could remember which fight it was because I could say it was one just me. You know, me not being somebody that watches UFC regularly, I thought that the guy. I was betting on was going to beat the brakes off the other guy. And I think he lost. So it wasn't fun. Like the, I didn't, I didn't fucking like the other guy, probably just based off me being a judgmental prick and the way he looked, but yeah, then your then your guy lost. So yeah, that's, that's the one of the perils of sports betting. I don't bet on teams that I'm emotionally attached to. So like I never bet on Notre Dame football ever because I can't see him clearly. You know, there's the idea that, oh, I'll bet on their loser or I'll bet on their opponent to win. So if they lose, I win. And if they if they win, I win, you know, like that's a win win situation. But nah, it's bullshit. If uh, I mean, maybe that would that would take the sting off a little bit if I let's say bet like 200 bucks on Notre Dame losing a game. And so if they lose, I'd be like, fuck. But at least I got the 200 bucks. I can go drink my sorrows away. Pay for. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that is an interesting idea. There's a balance, you know, but you, you, it's, it's, it's definitely bittersweet in that scenario. That's the problem I have with it. It's like, if they win, it's like, fuck, I lost 200 bucks though. Fuck. And you don't want it to, to get to the point where you're now rooting against your team. You're like, fuck Notre Dame. I want this five thousand dollars. You know, you don't want that part. <laughs> so there's a sweet spot, but it, I don't think there's ever. A, yeah, I don't think you'll ever get to a point where it's 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 not bittersweet. Is is the point? It's like fuck, your team lost. I can't. You know, again, you're going to use the money to to drink your sorrows away, and uh, instead of actually on something better or whatever. So there's that, and then. If they win, yeah, you're like fuck. I lost two hundred bucks. You're not fully, you're not fully experiencing the ecstasy of your team winning. If you're if you do that, you know the full the full ecstasy is betting on your own team to fucking win major 
and then they fucking win it. So you win big on the yeah. money, and your fucking team won. It's like, ah! It's like the greatest feeling in the world. But, uh, which is ridiculous. It's not like I'm playing in these games. Why do we care so much? But uh, um, I, for me, it's just something I've followed all my life. You know, I followed them, and I've cared. It was my dream to play the ring of football and all that. So, um, <sighs> so uh, <clears throat> it's just something I just always really cared about and followed and rooted for and tradition and all that. So, but I'm actually kind of falling out of sports much more because the emotional toll is too much. It's fucking too much. I remember watching the entire 2002 Raiders season. Uh, in the NFL, my number one team is the Oakland Raiders. Now they're Las Vegas, I guess. And just like they went 14-2. and two. It was incredible. And then they get to the Super Bowl and they get their asses blown out. And it's just an awful feeling. And I was like, why do I put myself through this shit? Why do I care? Oh, what happens? What happens when they win? I don't know. It's a pretty incredible feeling when your team that you've been rooting for and following for a long time, like all your life, wins. I know this because the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, when they won their first World Series, um, obviously everybody is super excited and happy. But my brother and JC, we'll say, decided they wanted to go to San Francisco that night to party in the city of San Francisco on a victory, the first World Series uh, that the Giants have won since moving from New York to San Francisco. And we did that, and it was an incredible, incredible night. Everybody in the city is celebrating out in the streets drinking. Um, you can go into a bar. You, you, you'd be hugging strangers. You just it, It's just an incredible phenomenon when a city's team huh. wins, uh, if it's not a regular thing. By the by, 2014, the it, it started getting because they'd won. They'd won in 2010, then they'd won 2012, and then they won again in 2014. And I was in San Francisco for the for the the game of yeah. There was still the fanfare and all the all the stuff going on, and and you know, becoming instant brothers with with absolute strangers because you're rooting for the same outcome. And it, when it happens, you're just like, ah, everybody's excited and streaming. And I, I, I picked up a complete stranger guy and uh, picked him up off the ground and did two twirls when like Madison Bumgarner struck some fucker out. I remember like when we won this whole fucking thing and uh, I was just picking up strangers, you know, and uh, with hugs, you know, and then did a champagne shower in the middle of, of the uh, the streets, you know, it was just uh, really fun. But the, the, by 2014, the, the 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 city there were less participants. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, they won again, kind of a thing. It wasn't as special as the first time, and oh. uh, so that you know, I imagine like in New York with the Yankees, they won like 26, 27 World Series, and the, they had a hell of a run from like the six. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's 1920s. Well, they got stale, but then Steinbrenner came in. So maybe it was 
They won a hell of a run in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I don't know. But I think it got to the point where just they're winning all the time. It's like, okay, you know, big deal. You know, you have to kind of give it a break. So that's 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 what I think. <sighs> yeah, I can't, I can't say I've ever been one of those people that's excited to to watch a sports game. I, I guess may, maybe with you used the example earlier, motocross, I'd get pretty excited about that. But sports and Giants well, winning or any, any team winning, I just don't give a shit. Well, your parents are too poor to put you through recreational sports. Cause you couldn't play baseball. You couldn't play football. <laughs> it makes sense. No. <laughs> anyway, played, so, played baseball. I wanted to play football. And, yeah, my, my mom, funny enough, wouldn't let me play football. Just She thought I was going to get injured, so she let me ride yeah. motorcycles. I don't know how that adds up. But anyway. Yeah, that is crazy, actually. Yeah. She wouldn't sign the permission slip for the football, but she's okay with you doing the motocross. Wow. Yeah. My, my mom wouldn't sign the permission slip. She thought golf would be much safer. Well, I see how that works oh. out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gilroy. Or Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've uh, – my gambling sports betting uh, is interesting. So they have an online sports betting service called back then it was called sportsbook.com i don't know if it's still around or what's going on or if it's still the same is that, but is that you, legal uh they may have operated out of the bahamas or some caribbean island or out of las vegas i don't know but how does how is betting at this point I, everything's legal i feel like mm. we are we are within a decade by the end of the 20s both gambling and prostitution are going to be full-blown legal again in the United States, it, pretty much at large, writ large, whatever the term is, I think. You're going to have prostitution legalized, and you're going to have full-blown, and you're going to have gambling, just gambling. You can just gamble anywhere. What makes what makes you say that? Well, it's just a tie. It's like marijuana is going to be legal, I think, and pretty much federally soon. Um, hopefully cocaine will we'll be following that. That uh, that tied. I mean, we already have it going on in the state of Oregon. Oregon. Oregon has decriminalized all drugs. Did you know that? Huh. No, I you didn't. You know that. Yep. No. As of this last election, they voted in the state of Oregon to legalize, to decriminalize all drugs. So there's a limit, of course. So I think it's, um, you can't have more than two grams of cocaine, for instance, on your person. Then, it, then it, now it does become a crime. But if you have under two wow. grams of cocaine, the cops—it's not a crime. Okay. Which, which, yeah, how, how be, much is how much is that? Is that like recreational use for a for a night, or yeah. is that more than enough for a night? For it depends on the user. I'd say it's it's more than you would need for an individual, personal recreational individual use, um, and a single night going out. I think that that's a serious amount of. There are there are guys who do an eight ball a night kind of a thing though. I, that's overkill. Those are real heavy snorters. Uh, eight ball is three and a half grams of cocaine. So, um, and usually you buy an eight ball, you don't buy, you can buy a gram or, you know, I would just in that situation where if it's decriminalized to, to an under, I would just buy two. I wouldn't buy eight balls. Why do that? Why risk it? Just buy, buy two grams. 
And uh, for me, like an eight ball would last six months. But yeah, there's guys that do an eight ball in one night, no problem. And so, wow. um, so it's just about <clears throat> like, okay, <sighs> me, you, and four other friends could kill an eight ball between the three of us or the, the six of us uh, in a single night, no problem, and enjoy ourselves. If we're not all heavy users, that is. If we're not all heavy users, no problem. You know, so uh, mm -hmm. I think, my opinion. So, yeah, about that. I think six, and that would be us binging, more or less, lightly binging. You know, I'm, I don't, I don't do the heavy lines. So, depends. It just depends, person to person. What's the name? Uh, the the young guy, Blow, Johnny Je Johnny Depp and Blow. Oh yeah, what was it, Boston George? Or George George Young. That was his name. George, George Young. Young. Boston his name was yep. Boston George. That was his nickname? Okay. Yeah. Uh he claimed when his daughter was born and when he had his little breakdown of the hospital, he claimed to be doing I think it was five eight balls. It's like he was doing like twenty grams, something like that, of of yay every single day. Fifteen to twenty. That's oh. insane. Shit. That's insane. Whoa. Yeah. So you, you when if you do it enough, you develop a dependency. So it just doesn't affect you as much. You need to do even more to get that same high you used to. And um, yeah, and that's like most a lot of a lot of other drugs. It's like you build, you develop a dependent or a, a, a tolerance, and so you just need to do more. And that's definitely true with cocaine. You just need to do a lot more. Uh, if to get the same high you used to when you first did it. Bad, yeah. bad news, man. Yeah, that'd be, that's got to have some serious effects on your health and your heart and all kinds of stuff once you get to that level. Well, yeah, clearly. Yes, 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 yes. If you're doing five, eight balls a day, yeah, you're, you're fucked. And, um, and your wallet, unless you're, in his case, he was so, buying it. So. I think most addicts, they're doing about. So I want to be fair. I was saying with the six dudes, me, you, and four other guys, we're talking about guys who are not habitual heavy cocaine users. We don't use them, use it. So that's what I mean. If you have a regular cocaine user, an addict, a cocaine addict, I think an average cocaine addict probably uses about an eight ball a day. Throughout the course of the day, they'll use an eight ball or two. So I don't know. It, it, again, it depends. It varies from person to person tolerance. Just like drinking. I can drink a whole lot more than the average person, right? And uh, mm -hmm. um, be just fine. Be just fine. I, I, my brothers, my both my brothers are way bigger than me. And uh, we get together and we, we, we decide to get drunk sometimes. And I'm just staggered. I, we're drinking at the same time, same level. And at the end of the night, my brothers, either one, I've just happened multiple times, just like one-on-ones, I'm fine. It's just a normal time for me. You know, I don't know how many whiskeys. And my brothers, one, either one, is their pants fall down drunk. They're puking. The next day they're fucking in hell. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, that was normal for me. I don't have a hangover really, you know. And uh, so you develop, you develop a tolerance for these things. So same thing with cocaine. You just, 
you have to watch it. Um, for me, binging, I learned binging on cocaine is not fun after a while. It's never a good idea, really. It's a very rare situation where, like, fuck it, let's just, oh, let's binge on it. Um, there's a number of rules you develop. You don't want to drink coffee and do cocaine on the same day, in my opinion. For me, it gives me anxiety at night. I won't be able to sleep. Um, I think it has more to do with coffee for me, actually. I quit coffee because coffee gives me anxiety. Uh, really? That's the truth. Yeah. I quit coffee. Coffee gives me anxiety. I'll do it if I need it. I'm not saying never, never. You know, I don't have an addiction problem with any of this, these substances. I can control myself. Um, but so Whatever I'll have coffee. Access. I'll have coffee. When was the last time I had coffee? Probably like last week I had a, I had a cup. Because I used to be a binge coffee drinker. You know? Make that pot. It's got like a bunch of, it's like four, four or five cups in there. I drink it all throughout the course of the morning. You know? You know? And then I'd have anxiety. I'd have trouble sleeping. And then if you, if I happen to be doing cocaine and I had coffee that morning, I'm going to be, an, I'm going to be awful. Be awful at night. And so, um, if you binge on the stuff, first of all, you're, that means you're, you're pulling an all nighter. You're not sleeping. And, uh, you usually wake up with, it's the worst hangover in so many ways. Cocaine's like the best high, the best drug, but it's also probably has like the worst hangover the next morning day. Shit. Even, even in small amounts? No, in small amounts, it's perfectly fine. That's how I use it now. I, I use it oh, on occasion when I need a little, yeah, I need a little pick-me-up before going. I use like, all right, I, oh, I got to go to this fucking event thing where I'm talking with a bunch of realtors and ugh, I don't want to do it. But it's like, oh, well, we'll have alcohol there at least so I can do that. And and if I'm completely drained, a little bump in each nostril, boom. Now I'm suddenly in the mood to go to this thing, kind of kind of feeling, having a good time, enjoying myself, feeling fun got the energy back and there's no consequences <clears throat> for it because you know i didn't get i didn't binge on it didn't do too much you know i'm not staying up all night i'm not uh, grinding my teeth down that's that's the one so you get cocaine. The, the defining characteristics characteristics of cocaine hangover is uh you, you pulled an all-nighter so you, you're getting the worst sleep ever you're weak, so you're waking up the following day in the afternoon. You have headache. Uh, there is a malaise. There is just a general malaise, a depression set in automatically. Because if your 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 brain's tired from giving you all the good the good uh, uh, um, what's it called dopamines endorphins all of them. yeah dopamine well, yeah, yeah I don't know about endorphins I use I think cocaine releases two of the feel good um, brain, brain, uh, neuro neurological, uh, chemicals, uh, dopamine okay. and maybe seraphin or, or I don't know. I think it's two, maybe it goes up to the highest three, but what cocaine makes you feel, it makes you feel what it does is, uh, this is how I describe it. It's the best way to describe really high quality. This has to be really high quality stuff. Um, first time you ever tried really high quality stuff because I, I remember I was just 
tired, totally not in the mood to go out. It's kind of like putting, going through the motions, like, yeah, it's Cinco de Mayo, I should be here. And um, try to try to margarita to try to cheer me up. It, it made me feel better, I guess, and but not really. And then I did this stuff, high-quality cocaine, 100% Peruvian or pure, whatever. And the best way I could describe it is imagine being seven years old, maybe eight years old, it's dead, you're asleep, it's dead at night, it's like 2 a.m. or something, you've been asleep, and your parents come into the room, and they shake you awake, and they say, Johnny, Johnny, wake up, and you look up, you're like, what, and you're all groggy and tired, and you're like, I'm trying to go to sleep, you know, and they're like, guess what, you're like, what, goes, we're going to <laughs> Disneyland, and you're like, oh, and we're going to be there in 20 minutes. Like that level of excitement you'd have as a seven, eight-year-old uh, about going to Disneyland is the level of excitement you have as an adult. Hmm. Adults never, adults don't get excited about shit like you were used to as a kid. Never, you know. No, they got to work out all the the details and pay for the damn well, trip. And well, it's yeah, not even it's fun. not even about that. Just think about when's the last time you've ever been as excited about something when you were a kid that like the most, the thing you were most excited about as a kid, remember that feeling and how, Oh my fucking God. You know? Oh when yeah. Have you ever I, felt I, that way as an adult? It's very like never, never happens. You know, I'm trying to something. actually think of a recent, a recent time. Um, because yeah, I think about that often of how, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton of hobbies right now. Like I don't, you know, if you want to, get into semantics on what the hobbies are, but it'd be like, you know, I kind of enjoy hiking. I like been trying to work out some more, but that's not really something that's like, Oh yeah, it's so fun. I just love working out. It's more of like a, mm-hmm. it's more of like just something I have to do. Right. I want to do to, to, to try and stay somewhat right. healthy. Well, I'm not but, saying, but I used, I'm not saying I, adults the, never get excited. I'm saying we just are never get ex- as excited as we used to when we were kids about something we were really excited about. You know, right. That's all. Yeah. I, I remember the feeling of my, my grandpa coming to pick me up to go dirt bike riding. I'd have my dirt bike out down the driveway, all my mm. stuff sitting on the curb, wait, wait, just waiting for like imagining his car pulling around the corner to come up to my house. Like I couldn't fucking wait. I'd be up early, you know? So I, yeah, as far as that, I don't know what else I have like that. That's like, Oh my God, like I'm getting up before my alarm goes off, making sure I'm ready to go because I'm so stoked to go do whatever. Christmas morning, the night before Christmas, right? You can't go to bed, right? Can't wait to open up all my presents. It's like that <laughs> level of excitement, but you're an adult, you know? And, and right, like you're saying, you can't wait to you go motor, motocrossing with your grandpa, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just cocaine, the best way to, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an excite, it's an excitement propellant. That's what it is. It's an excitement propellant. All the other stuff, the, the twitching and the, 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 the grinding, that's all the side effects. That's stuff that's not fun about it, you know, not the twitching necessarily, but the talking mile a minute. That's just you being excited and a lot of high energy. Like, fuck, I'm so awesome, I'm so happy right now, you know. And <laughs> what's that, that line in Dewey Cox? We're doing cocaine. What's this cocaine? Hey, you know, what's it do? He goes, it makes all your... It turns all your bad feelings, or it makes all your bad feelings and turns them into good feelings. Uh, it takes all your bad feelings and turns them into good feelings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. But that's what makes it dangerous, I think. Um, 
I remember the first time I did really good stuff because the first time I did any stuff, it was probably not real. It was bunk. We got ripped off. Um, but the, the second time was real and it was really fucking high quality. You, while you're going through it, you're, it's like, wow, this is incredible. But then you get this panic of like, fuck man, I can't allow this feeling to go away. I don't want it to go away. Where am I? How am I going to get the next stuff? I want to do more. You know, I want to do more. I got to make sure I can maintain this, this high. Cause that, the idea of it going away is the, is the worst. It's the worst. This feeling is going to start to fade. You start to, you think, you think in your head is starting to fade a little bit. Like, fuck, I got to get another line, you know? And, uh, so you kind of get desperate and greedy. The funniest thing in the world is when you're doing cocaine in a group, the cocaine, the stash always goes missing. Always. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. It's like, it's like every single time. Like, where'd it go? Oh, everybody's searching. They're, they're, you steal it. They're accusing, get accusatory about, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we did it all. Okay. I don't believe you. You know, you know, like, like, oh, it must've been that hobo, you know, it must've been that chick. She took it. It's it's actually it's it's pretty funny how that that tends to happen when you when you do it with one other person plus, um, right. generally, uh, especially if there's a lot of of switching hands and like sneaking around um, where it's not in the open. Oh yeah, that stuff's gonna go because someone's gonna get into that into that mindset where they have the dread of the high going away and they don't want to lose that. They don't want that. So they, they just steal the cocaine for themselves. And uh, <clears throat> bunch of, bunch I, of I, think, I just think it's funny when that shit happens now. It, 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 and it just, because it, it, it's, it's like clockwork. <laughs> yeah. Happens every time. Um, so, yeah. So the, the, the hangover parts, the worst part of the hangover is, is the, you, so the malaise and depression comes from, you were living it up, high excitement and joy and just so fucking happy, right? That coming mm-hmm. down from that, you're you're naturally going to be more depressed. That's just what, so just kind of, that's what's going to happen. Um, then your jaw, because you'll probably be grinding your teeth all day. Your jaw will be so fucking t- tired and sore and achy. It'll be hard to chew your food the next day. Um, all right. So you get the headache, you get the depression, your jaws all fucked up. Uh, your sinuses are going to be completely clogged. Your nostrils will likely be completely dried out too. Uh, your throat, if it's particularly harsh stuff, and if you don't chop up the powder finely enough, the, the drip, there's, there's something called the drip when you snort it. You know, and it comes in, goes through your sinus, sinus canal, and it comes down the back of your throat, and it goes down your throat, and and then you stop feeling it once it's in your, you know, wherever. And uh, those can be really clumpy. Those can be really clumpy, and can be really can cause people to gag. It causes me to gag. You need some water to drink it down. That's what I was watching last night was was uh, flight talking about all this flight was the other movie and it's all about addiction and Denzel is my man, right? He drinks like a fish. I'm not on his level, of course, 
but and then how he how he gets up out of his hangover or if he's too drunk is he takes cocaine. And there's a final mm-hmm. scene or there's a scene before the final sequence where he's going to do the interview or the the hearing, the public hearing, his first such public, you know, uh, appearance for answering the questions of what happened with this tragic flight. And he's a full-blown raging alcoholic. (laughs) And so they, uh, the, the, one of the union reps for the pilots who the entire union in this airline is dependent on, on Denzel's character, Denzel Washington's character, not being liable for this plane crash. Because if they do, the four families uh, who have family members who died on the flight will sue the ever-living bejesus out of the airline. And that will terminate the, the need for this pilot's this pilot's union, because the owner, the, the owner guy is like, what's the damage here? He's like, I have no problem shutting down the airline. I just don't want to affect my other corporations, my other businesses. He, like, he owns the, the, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Braves. He owns this. He owns that. And so he's, he, he has no problem just saying, all right, fuck this airline. Done. You know, we'll pay him off and be done with it. The pilots don't want that. The pilot union does because that puts them out of a job. Everyone's going to lose their job. And so it's all riding on Denzel Washington's character. To, to answer these questions and to say the, the two empty vodka bottles in the, in the, in the garbage of the, of the plane are the flight attendant girl who died, who also had alcohol in her, in her system. Right. Then they tested her, her blood alcohol volume. So uh, the union rep takes Denzel and makes him sleep at his house for the next eight days because he can't be trusted on his own. Cause he's going to get fucking drunk. So they they get him in a the night before they get him in this hotel room, and they get him in this hotel room, and they have a guard outside it to make sure he doesn't leave and nobody goes in there. It's just him, and they make sure the the fridge has the little mini bar fridge has zero alcohol in it, and he is just stuck there. He's going to order room service, get himself a steak, you know, and just you know, read over the files and enjoy it, enjoy the night, and just go to bed. And in the morning we'll come get you. Well, what happens is the, con- the conjoined room, you know, the, in, the, in these hotel rooms, they got the, the doors, the double doors that face each other that you can open it. And if, if the other person in the other room wants to open theirs, you have full access between the two rooms. Right. The bridge. So uh, he hears a little tapping on his door on the other side of that door, and it ends up somebody accidentally left that side of the door open on the other suite. Son of a bitch. The- and so he gets in there and he's like, what? And he enters and he's like, oh, he looks out the, the window. Then he hears the, the humming of the refrigerator. And he looks over the mini fridge and he opens it and it's just fucking loaded with alcohol. Little wine bottles, little liquor bottles, beers, everything he needs. And he's there and he's looking at it and he, he grabs a, a kettle one, a little kettle one bottle, cracks it open and unscrews it and he smells it he likes that vodka vodka and then he screws the the cap back on and closes the refrigerator he puts that that bottle on top of the counter and decides to walk away too many lives are on the line including him because he's going to prison if they find out it was him because he'll be liable for the four Mm -hmm. deaths because he was drunk and high on cocaine and so he uh 
And so it's just focusing on that, that bottle, that singular bottle on the top. And you think he's walked away. Then the last second, you see his hand sweep across and grab that bottle. And then cut to, it's the union rep. It's the lawyer who's prepping him for the hearing, Don Cheadle's character. And they go up to the door. They got the coffees ready. And they're like, all right, it's good morning, all right? Yeah, guys. And how was he in there? And they talk to the doorman. The doorman's like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard of peep all day. Nobody interrupt. Nobody interrupt. Just the, just the, uh, just the uh, cleaner ladies, room service, room service. That's what it was. And so uh, they go in there and, or they lock on the door and he doesn't answer. And, and like, coo, 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 and he still is not answering. He's like, you got a key? And they get in and they see the entire room is a fucking wreck. You know, the bed's flipped over and, and there's just trash everywhere. They, they see the doors open to the other suite and the refrigerator with the mini bar with all the liquor is, is unplugged and it's, and it's askew on top of the dining table or whatever. And they go into the bathroom and they find Denzel Washington. He's lying on the ground next to the toilet, face down, and there's blood from where he hit his head on the toilet and splattered all over the toilet. And they're like, is he dead? And they check him. Oh, no. And he starts waking up, but he's fucking drunk as a skunk still. And he's like, <laughs> and they're like, dude, you, we got 45 minutes. We got an hour for this hearing. We're fucked. Right? And he goes, right, no, you got to call my He's like, got to call my man. You got to call my man. And he says his name is it's John uh, Goodman's character. John Badman in this one. And uh, he's his drug dealer. He's his drug dealer. He goes, man, he got some cocaine. And, and so it cuts to, and it's like uh, Sympathy for the Devil's Playing by Rolling Stones. And you have John Goodman, his character, walking down the uh, the hallway. And it's a really funny scene. But all he's doing is just bringing cocaine to Denzel. And he does that with a little cigarette, what they call a cocoa puff, which is you, you lay some cocaine inside of a cigarette and then you smoke it. And uh, all of a sudden, Denzel Washington is back, baby. He's back. He's ready to do it, you know, little hair of the dog. And uh, he goes out there. But anyway, so that, that part makes me makes me laugh. And, and But there's a part where he goes, water, now, because he does his first line. And uh, the drip's coming down to Denzel, and you get a little cocaine booger in your throat, and it could cause you to gag is the point. And if the cocaine's harsh enough, uh, it'll, it'll thrash your throat. The next morning, your throat will be sore as fuck and you won't want to swallow anything. It'll hurt. But uh, when you're doing the stuff, because cocaine is also a, a topical numbing agent, right? Uh, it will numb your nostrils and your throat if it's good enough. Hmm. You, might, you might have a little burning sensation at first. And, then that, and people love the burn. You learn to love it. Uh, then it goes away and it starts to numb. And the numbing of my, I think the best part, one of the best parts about cocaine is the, the gummy, is taking a little bit on your finger and rubbing it over your gums. Causes your, your gums to go numb. If it's really high quality, it causes your whole face to go fucking numb. And involuntary smile. That's what I said. A little speck of that, put on the gums. Your whole face goes numb, involuntary smile. And uh, yeah, you'll be leaking be leaking out of your your mouth because it's all numb, you know, drooling. 
drooling on yourself. Yeah, yeah. If, like if, you, if you get for, for going out and socializing, if your if your mouth if it's a high quality and you do enough, yeah, you'll exactly. It's not a good look if you do too much. Is my point. These are all the the, the things you don't want to fall for because yes, the sensation of the numbing of the face very fun, very cool, very alluring. Uh, the numbing of the gums, the numbing of the tongue, the numbing of the lips, all that. It's great. Um, <clears throat> the feeling you're going to get, the excitement, the, the missing it, the, ooh, I, I don't want it to go away. All that stuff. Pitfalls, pitfalls. You want to restrain yourself. you got to be able to do it. It's a dangerous drug if you can. And, um, yeah. I remember that was a – go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to was say that was a pretty, pretty, pretty long segue into uh, flight and everything for talking about the effects of cocaine, which I have seen that movie. And I always wondered how the security guard or wherever they got placed out at the doors, like, yeah, I didn't hear people night. Like, how did you not hear somebody <laughs> trashing a hotel room and smacking their face in the shower or whatever? And, you know, going unconscious right. and the, the alarm clock's <laughs> going off. Like you didn't hear, like they can hear it at the door. If I remember right, they can kind of hear the alarm clock going off. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it just, it, to me, you're right. The only thing is, I, the only way it makes sense, because I thought the same thing. What do you mean to hear anything? The whole place is trashed in there. The only thing I think of is he passed out. He wasn't there. He passed out during those wee hours of the night, right, when uh, when Denzel got loaded, which works mm-hmm. for me. People fuck off on their jobs all the time, you know, especially if it's late at night. You can't help yourself. Sleep is sleep right. deprivation is a, is a form of torture. Can't expect somebody to torture themselves for a job. So, um, especially if they they think they might be able to get away with it. So yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah, the thing is, if you if you don't binge on it, you won't experience any of these symptoms. If you use it to, again, I use it to prime me before going out to something. If I'm, if I for the pick me up for the mood enhancement, right, and then. It, the drug will fade within, you know, 40 minutes or depending on the quality it, from 20 minutes to if it's really high purity and, and quality it will last two hours, you know, uh, a single bump that, that high. Um, <clears throat> but I use it to prime my, prime me up before going out. If I'm in the mood, you know, to put me mm. in the mood and I don't bring it out with me. So it's not like it's tempting me and, I I don't really, I don't, it's like, yeah, I have some, I have a good part of it and I always keep it, but it's not like I'm constantly using, I'm never using it. I only use it um, when I think it's an appropriate time and night to use it essentially. So it's an excitement propellant. That's the best way to say what it is and why I use it. What's, what's it for? What's it for? It's an excitement propellant. And of course, it's a lot, a lot of fun to use on a woman, on a naked body of a woman. That's the best. But uh, I can't say that's an experience I've had. It was something on my bucket list for a while before I had it, and it's it's incredible. It's the best. It's the best. Well, since but, we're talking about drugs, here, go ahead, finish your. You had something no, that's say. it, man. That's it. Go. I want. I want you to talk. Yeah, it's just a good segue to go into my my movie quote. If you're ready. Yeah, let's go. 
All right, hold on a second here. It's a short one. You ready? Mm-hmm. So I got two rules, man. Stay away from my fucking Percocets, and do you have any fucking Percocets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that one. Never. I don't think I've seen that movie. Funny. Hockey movie. Funny. Hockey movie? Hockey movie. About a and hockey about the enforcer on the team. The uh, only one I can think of is is Happy Gilmore or Miracle, but that's about the 1980 Miracle is about the 1980 U.S. hockey team. No, nope, it's the Soviets. It's from Goon with uh, Sean William Scott. Oh, Goon with Sean William Scott. I've heard of it. Never seen it. Oh, I fucking got you good, you fucker. Yeah, you did. Well, I got you before anyway, so. We're yeah, starting true. to get, uh, um, I guess, more obscure. I thought you'd seen two for the money for sure. No, I haven't. It's it's on my to-watch list, but uh, um, we can definitely work into um, – I wanted to hear more of your thoughts on real estate and a couple items in specific, like buyer's remorse and, and real estate during the – during and after this pandemic, because it seems like real estate everywhere has just kind of gone insane. Um, curious if you think we're headed towards another recession at all, or if the same thing that happened in kind of 2008, 2009 is happening, where people are way over leveraged on their on their houses and their mortgages that they're buying. Or if you think, yeah, it's, it's no, I, I don't think people. I don't think. I think the nature of markets is driven by human behavior, and and right now we're on a on a rise, we're on a high, we're on people excited and, and buy, 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 and frantically so, if you will. And there tends to be a fever pitch where it's just things stop making sense. People are acting really irrationally. And that's when, you know, usually a downturn occurs quite rapidly, quite suddenly after that. Um, I'm not saying we're at that point yet, because I don't think we are. Um, so I think there's more room for excitement and things seem a little crazier perhaps. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually just through human behavior, people are going to pull back and stop, stop buying prices that are too high. When that happens, what will happen is the question. Will prices pricing across all markets recede a little bit or will it cause a crash? Right? That's the question. And and my guess is oh go ahead. What? Uh no, go ahead, finish your finish your point. Uh I was just saying what happened in, in two thousand eight was people were over leveraged. And well, we already talked about it. Read is when your bartender owns seven houses. Uh, that's not happening this time. People who are qualifying for these loans have to prove uh, their income and a number of other things that have an established, established income. So money lenders aren't just giving money out to anybody just so they can make a commission, so to speak. Um, and uh, um, so we're not in as nearly a precarious state, stage and state as far as real estate's involved, as we were in 2006 through seven and eight. Okay. So I don't, I don't see a massive crash. 
I think the amount of money we're printing up that prices will necessarily increase. They're just going to have to inflate. And I think a lot of that could be matching just inflation. We think we're increasing in value because the price is going up so high, but really we're just matching the inflation. So, um, yeah, there will be a pullback, but that pullback might happen a year, two years, three years from now. And, uh, uh, and by then, that pullback's bottom might be higher than where the prices are now. Think about that. So, wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, and that's just one concept. From, that's just one concept. And that doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean it's going to happen that way. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Mike, here, my, the question for me comes from more of a general curiosity, not that anybody else has been really asking me that question. Kale and I will talk about it sometimes because it's like we live in a place that I would think isn't the most desirable normally because it's cold weather, uh, you know, more months out of the year than not. I'd say about probably eight months, maybe even more, depending on the year, are kind of cold and not ideal weather here. Um, yeah. And the housing prices, which in a, like in a way, more people have moved here after the pandemic from the, the from them wanting, to, I want to be away from people. I want more outdoors. If I'm going to be stuck in, stuck inside or stuck going outside away from people, I want to at least enjoy the scenery and go outdoors and see the world or whatever. But I'm seeing houses go, go up for sale here for like $625,000. And I just, it's kind of, it makes me think, why would I, why would, even if I had, let's say $625,000 house, if I had $625,000 cash, I wouldn't want to pay that for a house here. Like, I just wouldn't want to do it. I'm like, I'd move back to California where the weather's nice. So why would I fucking do that? Right. Um, I guess, yeah, it depends on, it depends on what you want to do. Uh, the marketplace, the type of buyers in there, they're putting 600,000. First of all, they're buyers who have the means to do it, it sounds like, which you don't currently, correct? So who gives a shit what you would do at this scenario? It only matters what people who actually have the money do it think. And the people who have the money That's true. Think, That's true. The people who have the money think it's worth living there, maybe because they've never lived in California. They don't know how good it is. Or maybe they've been in California. They hate California for this, 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 this. Right? They hate all the yard signs we believe in this house. That you're all well, haters here too, and evil. not to, not to burst your right. fun, but that's here too. I know, I know. I'm joking. I know it's over there too. <laughs> and so, in this house, we believe that you're a piece of shit. Anyway, so, um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. One of uh, our top agents, and this guy does all the big stuff, the big, big, big money. All right. He lives half the year in, in Missoula up there. He's up there constantly. I, I never see the guy. He has his, his uh, team largely do all the work. And he's trading properties, you know, $30 million, $20 million, $15 million, you know, in, in the $5 million to, to $30 million range. That's what he's trading, you know. So he's and one of those he, guys. He's, well, the point, the point I'm getting is he's really wealthy. He could live here in Monterey year-round, but he decides to spend part-time up there in Missoula, Montana, for whatever reason. Again. So, uh, that was one one thing. So, yeah, how has your lifestyle changed from living in California to Montana? Maybe that answers that question. 
Yeah. And I think that's where, where the curiosity kind of comes back. And I had a, had a friend recently ask like, uh, what kind of what you just asked the difference in living in Montana versus Southern California. And I would say in some ways it's better because yeah, it is, it is less traffic. There's still in the city of Missoula, there's still quite a bit of traffic for, for how many, you know, people live in this city. Um, I've seen a huge influx of people moving here after COVID because they want to go somewhere new. They're tired of the hustle bustle in California. And I, I hear and see a lot of people that think like, it's like the wild West out here. Maybe they're watching too much Yellowstone or something and think like, Oh, like, mm-hmm. well, you guys don't have to wear masks there. You're not quarantined or anything, but we had the same exact things here. You know, for a while, everything shut down restaurants open they had to rework all their floor space and go six foot spacing wear a mask when you're seated mm. put it on to go to the bathroom you know where your star david or however you like to say it if you if you have it and they, they yeah, want to star david on everybody. your sleeve where where your star yeah. david on your sleeve yeah yeah they mm. want to vaccinate a majority of the the people here before they open and we're starting to open things back up which i i think is the same for california because it's the only other state i really follow up on um yeah, we're starting to open up. But, but, like, as far as, you know, housing prices, yeah, I, I I probably couldn't afford a house here right now. Or I wouldn't want to pay the price for, like, that $625,000 house I was talking about, the one I mm-hmm. have in mind. It's It would be like buying, like, you know, the house you grew up in or the house I grew up in to where that's that's a lot of money to spend for that house. Like, we both grew up in decent houses, but it's not – six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars worth maybe in Southern California or Monterey and it'd probably go for more there, but would you pay six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for a three to four bedroom house in Fair Oaks? I wouldn't. Uh people are. So trust me. They are. My friend, uh call him J L. Thing one, we'll say. Uh thing one is is paid just under 700k for his house in Fair Oaks, and it's a three. Wow. No, it's a two. It's a two-two actually. It's not even a three-two. It's got a pool. It's got, you know, probably three quarters, a third of an acre. Uh, it's a cool house. Mid-century modern, and all that. But <clears throat> yeah, it, people, prices. This, you know, what this kind of makes me feel like. We're kind of getting priced out of out of irrelevance, out of relevance in our generation. It's like who's going to be able to afford all these houses in our in our generation? Who's doing it? Who's able to buy a six hundred thousand dollars house? And and, and maybe that's a better higher, overall higher, higher. question to yeah. Maybe that's sorry to cut you off, but maybe that's a better overall question to ask. Is that is that's kind of my bottom line? Is how much money do you have to make to live in twenty twenty one and have a and buy a house? Because it's it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Like you, you think a seven hundred thousand dollar house, like to 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 just keep that house maintained and make your payment, and then if you're you're still wanting to have a you know a comfortable life where you travel and do things like that, that's gonna like it's gonna cost you probably five grand a month, bottom line, just to live, just for your house, like your mortgage, you know, your mm-hmm. utilities, your bills, the landscaping and upkeep and stuff like that. Like that's gonna be five grand out the out the out the window. Just, just right well, so, there alone, don't you think? I think, I think looking at, especially when we're talking about real estate, buying or purchasing or investing in real estate, looking at the numbered dollar amount is 
a mistake in certain ways, long-term. And we're getting priced out. Our generation is largely getting priced out of being able to buy here in this general. What does that mean? If the dollar amount that we were focused on, it's going to cost you $5,000 a month to do this. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. Well, that's fluid. That's changing. You're seeing that right now. We're, we're going through inflation. It, necessarily, if, if, it, if things inflate enough, salaries should, are going to have to uh, reflect that too. But there's kind of this weird phase where like, wow, I feel like I, I was making good money because I was making 600000 or not 600 this was making 100000 But it's possible that the 100000 used to be – I'm a six-figure man. In the 1980s, that meant a hell of a lot more than it does today. And, right. uh, and 10 years from now, it might mean 50, what, what was $50,000 you know, today is a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But once we get to that threshold, we buy that the psychological uh, effect is, wow, I'm doing well. So you're not asking for the pay raises as, as aggressively. You're not demanding it maybe. Um, but then you look at your bills and that's the thing. The reality starts to set in is all of a sudden your bills have gone through the roof. And it's like, well, this, I need more than this hundred thousand dollars a year. This isn't, I can't even afford to, uh, uh, you know, I could barely pay my mortgage and all the utilities. Uh, my kids aren't going to private school. They're going public. I can barely afford the weekend pizza, pizza delivery or whatever that's, that, that I get. You know, like, this isn't, this isn't getting me anywhere. hundred thousand isn't what I used to like that will happen. Um, and again, the mortgage thing, if we go through hyperinflation or it doesn't have to be hyper, but it, it, pretty intense, inflation people who aren't holding commodities or uh, assets real valuable assets are going to be left behind okay so you have to look at real estate not what what do you value that's 600,000 would you really say that's 600,000 bucks 10 years from now that house you think it's going to be worth 600,000 or you think it's going to be worth more than 600,000 what do you think could be could be more odds are it's going to be more again you have to look at the value of the property in a more abstract sense beyond the dollar amount of what it's trading for today or possibly trading for today you have to look at it and say why would people want, desire and want to live here what, what gives this particular parcel value is it the improvement built upon it i.e the house is it its location to and its proximity to the salt mine down the road or all the, the world's best fly fishing, let's say. What is it? Figure it out and then determine if that has a long-term viable, viable, viable value that will sustain through the decades so you don't have to worry about the dollar amount so much. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, just make sure you, you have the money part figured out so you can afford it, of course. And then the value, if it's truly a valuable property, it'll take care of itself. Whatever way, if we go through hyperinflation or some fucked up thing, um, hopefully not hyperfish, but a, a massive amount of inflation where let's say our dollar value is halved. Well, that property just went from 630,000 to 1.3 million in value. And uh, or the value hasn't changed, but the dollar amount has. How you call yourself a millionaire? Ooh, right. And if you're not one of those dudes, if you're holding nothing, right? And here's the thing: 
you take out a mortgage, 80% mortgage on that $600,000 house, so you got a half a million on it or, or well, I don't know, like maybe a little less than half, around, around a half a million, let's say, on a $630,000 house. Okay. Well, if its dollar amount doubles in the next five years or 10 years because of the inflation, well, that 500000 is basically equivalent to paying off a quarter million of what it was when you bought it. Does that make sense? You get to sell that house for 1.3, pay off that half a million, and now you've you've gained you've gained that that uh, um, you know fucking a million dollars essentially or just under hundreds of thousands you know because of the inflation. Mm-hmm. So people who are leveraged and can afford it, inflation helps them tremendously because then because the, the, the loans that they're holding, the notes that they're holding. They lose value dramatically, while you, the, the property owner, the title owner, your value stays constant because your property holds intrinsic value where that note is bound. Its value is bound to the to the amount of dollars that it's fixed to, and if the dollar loses its value, then so does that note that that they're carrying for carrying for you. So, um, yeah, there's that idea. But yeah, you don't want to be caught on the wrong side of this thing if that happens because you'll be left behind. And then you're going to be thinking, you know, it, it'll just kind of run away from you. A generation could be lost and, and only the rich will be property owners and everybody will be renting in perpetuity because they can never get enough scratch together to catch it and, and buy property. And so, um, but that's what, that's that's what the way Bill Gates wants. That's what Bill Gates wants, you know these fuckers are trying to do because they they in the future you will own nothing and be happy be happy we got you we'll take care of you you know we'll <laughs> take care of all your needs just just give away your ambition and we'll take care of you and what do you think his, his goal is with that is just to be the top dog have all the power yeah Bill Gates just wants to be number one He's just a really greedy, vicious man. So, He's such a little fucking about, dweeby looking guy too. Well, things are getting ugly, right? With the uh, the divorce, right? She's gonna start bringing out the Jeffrey Epstein stuff against him. <laughs> you think so? She she already did. She already had her 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 lawyer team already announced that the Jeffrey Epstein connection. Is one of the is possibly one of the reasons why she's looking for for a divorce, like him doing fucked up shit with Jeffrey Epstein. So she already publicly said loop. that, or her the lawyers already came out and said it. So uh, playing hardball, playing 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 dirty already. She Good is for her, no though. offense, no offense. She is beat, right? She is not an attractive woman, and she was with the most attractive man in the world for decades. Uh, or not attractive, sorry, richest, richest, which makes him kind of the most attractive man in the world. <laughs> and uh, so there's a part where, again, we're, we're talking about the hypergamy. There's a part where it's like, well, you can't expect Bill. He's got all these women throwing themselves at him, you know, who not because they find him physically attractive because he's not, but because they want access to his resources, to his to his money. Like he can just buy a girl a Lamborghini just because he feels 
you know, kind of flirtatious with her. It won't mean dick to him, you know. Very generous towards those See, you're you're kind of getting skinny with, and so you could walk away from a, a little month long stint fling with Bill Gates with a quarter million dollars in your bank, and you're kind of set for a while. You know, if you're smart about it, you could be set for life. Think about it. I'd fuck Bill Gates in his ass if he needed me to for a quarter million. And, uh, <laughs> would you Would you let Bill Gates fuck you in the ass? Uh, let's, let's start this way. How much How much would it cost to get you to put yours inside of Bill Gates somewhere? Are there some, some orifice of his? How much would it cost for you I, to do it? I honestly don't think there is a number. And if it was, it'd probably be his entire net worth. You're saying, you're so full of shit, John. Oh, my God. You want to pop a little baby blue pill or whatever it is, the V, and and jam it in there if it meant getting a million dollars, 10 million, a, a baby, billion, 10 a billion. Baby blue pill? What is that? A baby blue pill? The Viagra. I was just, I was with Viagra. I don't know if it's baby blue. blue. The little blue pill is what I meant to say. Not the baby blue, the little blue pill. Anyways. For $10 billion, which he could just give, no problem. That means nothing to him. And you find a way to finagle it to make it look legally, make sense and tax-wise. To put $10 billion in your ownership, now that's your net worth. Okay. You wouldn't you wouldn't uh, stick your meat in some orifice of his for that? I Sometimes I hate those. I hate these questions because I... I don't think so. I, I'm bringing the extreme on. because, it, yeah, I'm bringing up the extreme because everybody has a number. Is my point? Because this is not. Yeah. This is a hypothetical. I've said that there's certain hypotheticals where it's like that's impossible, it'll never happen. Which this is one of them. However, it isn't uh, an outrageous hypothetical. I think a very rich man would be willing to pay you money at some point, at some at some level, to stick to have you stick your meat in him or vice versa. And the question I, is. What is your number? Because everybody's got one. Everybody. I'd I'd bang his wife for a million bucks. <laughs> I mean, there's there's hardly any difference between the the, the wife and, and him anyway. Uh, but no, the the uh, obviously she's a woman. That's a joke. But <clears throat> she's not a very attractive one. But now that she's going to be super rich, right? Now that she's going to be super rich. If she were to offer you a mil- one night, one million dollars, the indecent proposal, right? And uh, what's it? Um, but yeah, everybody's got a fucking price. You're full of shit. If he, if Bill Gates is like, man, I like that John Lawson. He's just licking his chops. I want his sausage, sausage creepy in my fucking creepy thought in my mouth. I don't even right. And he's there, and he knows you're straight, and that only turns him on even more. It makes him want you even more. <laughs> he gets his thugs, his his security thugs with the the suits and and the earpieces, and they come, and they come, and and he drives up, and they they say, Mr. Gates wants to have a meeting with you, personal meeting meeting open his and his uh, penthouse suite at the presidential at the Waldorf. Waldorf, you can meet you there, 8 p.m. Or it's like, no, it's later. It's 9.30. It's like, wait, that's too late for dinner. Why, why does he want me there so late? Because he wants to suck your dick, John. And you get there, and that's exactly what it is. And you're like, wait, I'm not gay. He goes, I know. Right? And he's like, 
Here it is. He opens the suitcase. That dollar amount needs to be what, Johnny, for you to let him suck your penis? I don't know, man. I, I think I'm pretty – when it comes to questions like that, again, if it was wife, it would be a different story. But just the fact There's no judging here. I've got a number. Dude, I would say yes. There's there, a certain number. I'm telling you. I want to hear what you. I want to hear what your number is, but for me to even so, like think think about this question seriously, it'd have to be like a billion dollars, two billion. So dollars for me, even think about for it. me, for me, it depends on the guy. So if <laughs> it's a kind of rich guy, it's like okay, I'll let this guy suck my dick for ten thousand because he's only worth about a million, right? Someone like Bill Gates is worth billions. There's more, there's more blood to squeeze out of that turn up. And since I'm not advertising, it's not like I'm a, I'm a street hooker saying, Hey, my price is 10,000. Anybody wants it can get it. No, no, no. You're coming to me with this. So that changes based on how badly you want it versus how much you can afford it. And that's the equation with Bill Gates. Yeah. I'm asking for more. I'm asking for more. I'm going to shoot high, see him chuckle and laugh. And then he lows balls me, and then we find a middle point. That's what I'm doing. I don't know what the heck you do in those for your for your Bill Gates scenario. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, you, you've got a you've got a number. Just spit your number out. I don't. No, I just said I would highball it and then let him lowball it, and then we, it's we're negotiating. Here's my point. The what's, highball what's, number what's might number be a billion. I might just say number? one billion dollars. And then he'll be like, ha, 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 ha. are you kidding me? How about for, for one blowjob I'm giving you? Let me, get the, you will, let me get this straight. You want me to pay you te- $1 billion so I could suck your dick? He might laugh at it. And they're like, yeah. And then he might, yeah, it might ruin know. the deal, though. He might, he might tell me to get the fuck out. All right, never mind. You're, you're, you're ridiculous, right? So it could sour it. But he might come back and say $10,000. And then I'd be like a quarter million. And then he'd be like, wow, that's a big jump. And he'd come up to 50000 And uh, then I'd say 100000 something like that. And then we meet in the middle. I, I'm already letting him suck my penis for 50000 No problem. Yeah. 50000 Yeah. Yeah, probably. Damn. That's a lot of money for just, what, one minute of, 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 uh, of hell? So one minute, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna blast. I got a premature ejaculate. You know, it's a problem, but uh, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Why would it last one minute if I hated it? Yeah. Uh, so gay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how, did, how the fuck do we go down these roads? I don't know. We just let our interests and our imagination sail us away. We just go, that's what we do. We go six sheets to the wind. That's actually a, a, a term to say you're drunk, but that's what we're doing with our imagination and our interests. We're going full sail and letting those interests pull our vessel, our brain to wherever we want it, or wherever it brings us. <sighs> anyway. So since you brought think, it up, how, how bad yeah, do you think his, his wife's going to get him in the divorce? What do you think she'll get out of him? She's getting at least a third. She'll probably get half. She'll get half. 
So What's he worth, like a hundred billion or something? More than that, I think he's at least one hundred thirty billion. So he might be. Uh, I think he's around one hundred thirty. Well, let's see. Let's just bring a little lep to it real quick. Yeah, she's going to get half. She's already threatening the, you know, outing him for his Jeffrey Epstein uh, escapades. He's going to he's going to uh, keel over, bend the knee. Let's hear, Bill. What's he? Which do you think she wants to to give up that dirt anyway? Just One like point. her being a good a good a good person, or do you think she wants she just wants the the leverage for for more money for her? Uh, let's see here. It says here 128.3 billion, so just under 130. But then it says. Um, as of May 4th, of course, Bill Gates is one of the world's richest billionaires. Wealth X, a global high net worth intelligence and data company, estimates his net worth to be $134 billion. So somewhere in the $130 billion range. I was right. Somewhere around there. But sorry, I ignored your question you asked. Um, it was, do you think that she wants to get some of this dirty laundry out just because she's a decent person and wants to expose that this guy's a scumbag and we did the Jeffrey no. Epstein fucking pervert train? Or do you think that uh, she just wants it for leverage to get more money for her? Leverage for money. If, if she wants to, if she wants to, if she was a good person and she knew this was happening, she would have outed him and divorced him as soon as she found out. She wouldn't have been waiting all these years until things stopped going to uh, stop being in her liking and her advantage. Does that make sense? She's yeah. She's divorcing Bill because she, the arrangement isn't working for her anymore, and she has the legal system on her side, so she can walk away with half of his money if she wants, and continue her philanthropy just as effectively. In fact, I think they've already agreed they are going to continue running the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, anyway, which is their you know main way of. of one of their most important arms for their power grab is that foundation, that fucking, quote, philanthropic foundation. And so it's very important for those two. Uh, and that's probably why it lasted so long, their marriage, was for the sake of that foundation. Because he's been, you know, he's been throwing quarter million dollars at, at hookers all, all this time, every other night, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's been banging hookers, banging gold diggers and, and prostitutes and hookers for decades. He's been, it was, what was it? There were, who was saying this? Oh, it was JFK had a, a naked pool party at the White House. Or I don't even know if the White House has a pool, so that doesn't even make sense. Maybe it does. Um, but Bill Gates is throwing naked pool parties all the time, apparently with a bunch of prostitutes, which are high-end escorts. So, um, and then he's had a mistress, I think he's been, uh, seeing, he'd see every, you know, so he's felt, felt falling in love with another woman and paying for this woman's life and, ex- 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 you know, extremely extravagant life. Of course, that's why she's with him. And, uh, Melinda's kind of been putting it up with, putting up with this for a long time. What was the final straw for her? Fuck, fuck should I know? Something must have been pretty bad for her to finally say, fuck this, because we've known, she's known about the prostitutes. She's known about Jeffrey Epstein all this time. 
and none of that shit was enough to get her to want to divorce him. So what did he do this time for the final straw? Must have been something really, really awful. Mm. He must have said or done something that was just put her, finally pushed her over the edge. And she's like, fuck this. I don't have to put up with this. I can, I'm, I'm good for half your money, dude. I'm going to take it. I know all your dirty secrets. And she does. So she's using the Jeffrey Epstein thing as leverage to get him to come to the table and just give, uh, give her everything that she wants. And uh, if he doesn't, she, she'll reveal more. And maybe he has dirt on her too. I don't think she's a good person either. Of course not. She knew about she's she's heading the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Of course, she's a scum of the earth too, complete dirtbag. She's known about the the Epstein stuff. Didn't again. You were like maybe she's doing it out of a good no. She, she did it was doing it out of a good heart. She would have done it when she first found out about it. She would have been horrified, yeah, and and mortified. And she was like, okay, uh, this is over. I'm going to call the police. I'm outing this. You should be in prison. You're disgusting. It's over. And she, and if she did that back when she still would have been a billionaire in the, in the divorce proceedings from that, you know? So why didn't she do it before? Why has she been putting it up, putting up with this all this time? Cause she's very much a part of that power, uh, power brokering hungry machine. That is the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. It's got her name on it. She's got a lot of pride in it. It's the most important thing, thing in, in, in the world to her. She wants that power. She wants that legacy. And uh, so if she ends up, I don't think she is going to out his sexcapades with Jeffrey Epstein that she knows about in the end. And that might be a Mexican standoff that Bill's kind of like, hey, I'm looking at this. I'm saying, no, I don't think you're going to do it because if you do it, it ruins you too. It ruins both of us. It ruins the foundation that you care about. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it'd be, I think it'd be for a woman in her position, the fact that she's already brought it up makes her look like a piece of shit. Looks makes her look like a garbage person. And, it, and it's clearly being used for leverage. That's what it looks like. Um, if she gets everything she wants, so then she, she exposes all his dirty secrets anyway, after the fact, um, there might be some legal ramifications for that. I don't know. Like a defamation case where, Bill Gates can kick her ass and, and that. Uh, but that would be out of pure vindictiveness. That'd be just pure, ugly vindictiveness, not out of righteous, like, oh, I'm going to do the right thing and tell the truth. That's just being vindictive at that point. You're trying to, you were, you were fine maintaining and omitting the truth and, ma- and maintaining the lie all these years. But now that it's not working in your in your favor and you're kind of, now you're going to burn that bridge. Now you're going to, you know, burn him at the stake. So, uh, yeah. Interesting, fascinating, whatever. She's, uh, yeah. What is this? I don't know how we got into Bill Gates. Oh, Bill um, Gates. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to, yeah, he's uh, paying quarter million dollars for prostitute. No, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know how much she's paid. I have no. I'm not privy to that information. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, it's like yeah, you're a really beautiful woman. You come on to Bill Gates, and he's digging it. And he's smiling and giggling back at you. 
and uh, you, you work them. You get them all Twitter padded with you. Yeah, he's going to buy you a Lamborghini. Yeah. Wow. You know, it means nothing to him. It's, again, it's a bag of potato chips to him. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, and it's like the world to this girl it changes her life. It changes her life getting that car. She turn around, sell it, and be set for life. All you got to do mm-hmm. is hang out with this guy for a little bit. Suck his dick a little bit. Fuck him. I don't blame him. I'd do the same thing. Again, I already said I would. Are you kidding me? Problem is, <laughs> Bill Gates is not interested in me. So The problem is, you've reached out to him. He's not returning your hey, emails. Hey, I'm sending, I'm sending him nude pics, you know, me by the pool, in a <laughs> bikini, showing off things. I don't know. What would it be? I'm flexing. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know sexy poses for men. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. When are uh, when do you think you're going to be a consistent six-figure realtor and come by your vacation spot in Missoula that I then rent for you from you? No, free? I don't know. I I don't I don't ever this business. There's no guarantee, so I don't like to say anything. Consistent six-figure kind of. Am I am I already there? Is a question mark. I don't like to say it. And. Um, okay. I just don't like to say it because 2020 was the worst year ever I've ever had. Got fucking peanuts, you know? And uh, so I, I don't know. It's all over the place. I, I, the one thing I hate about real estate is that there is no such thing as a consistent paycheck. Um, I just learned to live with it. I know how to handle it. You know, I don't just blow my money. Uh, I get a big fat paycheck. I don't just go out and like, ah, I'm going to buy a brand new car, cash. You know, I, I don't do that. That's stupid. And I want to I use the money I save up so I can invest it and get passive income so I don't have to worry about a steady – or I don't ever have to worry about whether or not I'm consistent, consistently producing in, in real estate sales or not. It's nice to. Right. So it's like I want to be in a place where, yeah, I got, I got passive income coming in, and uh, – I don't have to worry about whether or not I get a paycheck through real estate sales. Whenever I do, it's a bonus. You know, it's a nice little, yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. Money on the table, like it, good, take it, use it for, for this or that, you know. Right. It's like Wally, for instance, he's, he's an administrative nurse, and he gets paid well doing that, but he does real estate on the side, and he uses whatever money he makes selling real estate with us for his little pet projects. He just puts it in a savings account, and... Oh, I'm going to remodel my kitchen or I'm going to do this, you know, that, you know, cool. So he cool. treats himself with it. It's not, he doesn't need it to survive. Being in a position where this is your livelihood, this is your entire livelihood. It's not fun. It's very difficult. It's not mm-hmm. ideal. So, but yeah, I don't know if that'll happen, if it'll ever happen uh, uh, consistently where I can count on it and all this stuff. I, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you have good years. You have you have fat years. You have lean years in this business. So mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. Got to prepare for the, for the the the. What do you think ahead. the the top realtors that are that are consistently doing these high sales are like the the guy you used for example that you said is the top sales and he you know kind of bounces back and forth between half the year in California, half the year in Montana. 
What do you think his you know I don't know game plan is? He, he has he has a pretty large team, so I don't know how much is getting cut up, chopped up before by the time it gets to him, how much he's walking away with every year. Um. So I I don't know. Uh, the some of these top producers, a couple million a year in sales, few mil, few million, somewhere in between one to five million in this area. I bet is how much the the top three the top three realtors in this area make about, which is like the one percent of realtors in this area. Hmm. Maybe a little under. But what do you think? What's their What's their strategy, or what's their What's their kind of key to success? Is getting more people to work under them and getting a larger team to kind of put in the put in more work for you? Uh, more sales. So they have established reputations and and long term, a long term established business and reputation in this area, and specialize in a certain type of real estate sector. Sales, real estate. Gotcha. So that, you're gotcha. talking about the high, vo- the high, um, the high volume sales. So the guys are selling the big, expensive, fat properties. I mean, they've been there. They've been they've been proved and tried and true. They've they've sold. Like we talk about when my mom first got here, she never cracked it. She, it took her a while to crack the million dollar price tag, right? So once you do that, it's a big deal. Then you do it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit. Next thing you know, you're getting used by people in that price range because you've been tried and true and tested at it, right? So you kind of rise up the ranks. Some of them specifically present themselves as the super, you know, big big real estate price tag type dude who um, can sell and move. It's very difficult to sell a $30 million property. There's only, there is a very small pool of people in this world who can afford to buy a $30 million property. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? You know, you got to market very, very intelligently, very wisely. You know, you have to be perfect in your presentation and how you come off. It's also very hard to price these properties. Because there's not a lot of comps for properties listed at 30 million. Why is it at 30 million? Maybe it should be at 20 million. Who knows? So, um, you know, it's not. It's very few. Very few types of realtors can handle that that level. So, um, and the higher and higher the you get the the uh, higher the echelon and quality realtor tends to be as well. It's just hmm. how it goes. So, you know, um, people who are selling a bunch of $300,000 houses, uh, they're all about quantity and not about quality. They've done it. they got the experience. They've proven they can do it. They know what they're doing, but they're also limited quite – I mean, they're limited. They're limited in their ceiling and what they can, what they can handle at what level they can operate at and sell at. Which it's again, it gets it gets far more nuanced sales at that level. The higher you get, right? So, yeah, that makes sense. You get a lot of uh, so on a on a, I don't know what an average listing goes for in your area, but on a 
on a somewhat higher end listing, if that's the right way to word it, do you get a lot of those tire kickers like the I love you, man, guy. Of, you know what? I like it, but I think it's a little small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it smells like fire. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, the average listing, uh, the average property sells for in, in, in Pacific Grove, where I live, the actual tower I live at. I think I think our median price is at one two, one three. So it's it's really gone up. It used to be when I first got here, like nine hundred something, just under a million. It's gone up considerably. And um, so this is kind of the price range you're, you're dealing with regularly. Uh, I have a listing. It's at four and a half right now. It's listed at four and a half. And we just had some showings yesterday. And um, it's just, yeah, you. I'm not planning on doing open houses for it. At that price range, I don't think it makes sense. I don't want a bunch of random looky-loos coming into the house, you know, and just wanting to see, oh, I'd like to see a $4.5 million house, what that looks like, ooh, you know, because there's no vetting. There's no there's no establishing your bona fides if you can buy it. And with the COVID and the regulations that's still having, because they just opened open, they just are now allowing open houses again. And who knows? It, it's... It's uh, it's just I don't think it, it'd be a benefit. It'd be more of a liability. And people mm-hmm. who are able to buy this house, they can see it's on the market now, and this price, and this price, if they're interested, they'll they'll make it happen. They'll reach out. And I'm going to do a broker's tour this Tuesday for it, so brokers can come in and check it check it out and decide they want it. They have clients for it, and they want to push on some clients. But you know. Um, we had the last showing I had were, were some people and I don't think any of the people that I showed this property to were unable to buy the property. I think they were able to buy it, you know, but the last people I showed it to the agent admittedly said, you know, they're not really looking for this area. And I don't think this is their, this is going to be their house, but I figured what the fuck, why not let them see it? Maybe they'll, they'll like it and they'll want to buy it. You know, like, all right, I'm willing to take a chance. And they didn't like it, or they like they like it. They just they they didn't wow them enough to where they didn't want to live uh, in that in the area where they're looking to live in. They want to be in Carvel Point. They want to be in Pebble Beach. Okay, well, particularly this portion of Pebble Beach. You know, it's more closer to mm-hmm. closer to Pacific Grove, and it's colder and, and foggier. So. Uh, um, I don't know. I, it's fantastic. It's great, great location. Clearly, but, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, the the that happens in open houses, like you're saying. An open house, you'll get people in here that just want to see the house to see what it looks like in a four and a half million dollar house. They have no mm-hmm. ability or means of buying it, but they'll pretend they can because why would they be in this house? I've done that. I've gone into open houses. I can't. I can't afford to buy a house generally anyway, right? And so when I used to be like an ESAC, when I was living with my brothers as a bum, my, my sister-in-law would want to look through a house. She can't buy it. I can't buy it, but we want it. Hey, it's an open house. Let's go see what it looks like. See what right. this, this, this level of livings look like. Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's technically it's open to the public, so anybody can come in here. It's not like I'm going to ask you to leave if you can't buy it, you know. And right. you, and again, I could, I could say, Hey, do you have the, are you able to buy this property? 
do you have the money? And they'd be like, oh, no, well, this is only for, I'm only having this. I'm going to ask you to leave then. You're not wanted here. I could do that. I could do that. I think that'd be horrible. Hmm. And it'd be an awful thing to do to somebody, one. Two, you never know who you're dealing with. As I said before, you might think these people are schlubs. They could be fucking gazillionaires. I don't care how young they look or how they're dressed. You never know. And so um, coming in with that attitude and coming, do you have the money for this? Yeah, yeah, I do have the money for this. Really? What do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a tech genius. And I made a, oh, yeah, fuck you, asshole. Get out of the way. In fact, I don't want this. You know, boom. <laughs> and they leave. Right. Oh, shit. You know, it's just sales. Sales. It's about people. It's about connecting with people. And um, so, you you know, the, the, the least basic thing you need to learn is is how to respect people and get a vibe for not annoying people, not offending people. That's the very basics. And so you never want to do something that would offend or, or anybody. Just don't do that. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And So, yeah, if you do an open house. Yeah. So the point is, if I'm doing an open house, anybody's a, it's open to the public. Anybody can come in. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to prejudge you and say, oh, you're not allowed in here because I don't think you have the money to buy it. You're going to get in, and, yeah, yeah, you're going to have guys. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a guy who came in, like in the I love you scenario, where he's trying to impress a girl he's he's newly seeing into thinking that he can buy a house of a certain caliber. I don't think I've ever seen that. Maybe that's because of the area I'm in. There's not a lot of young people, Uh you know, and most of the young people aren't in a position to buy at all. So... It, I, I say this, if I were, if I were rich, if I can afford a house here, I, I, first of all, I wouldn't buy property in California. I just wouldn't, unless it was, I was obscenely rich and I wanted personal residence just for my own personal use and it didn't mean a lot to me. But, um, I'd have to be pretty fucking wealthy for that. But, uh, I, I just wouldn't buy. They don't respect property rights in California. So why would you be a property owner? in a state that has zero respect for your rights, you know, be a tenant, be a tenant in California. This is, they respect you as a tenant far more than a property owner. So they take advantage of that, be a tenant. And, uh, but if I were super rich and I could live anywhere, I already told you I'd live in my, I'd take my millions and I'd buy a, a place in Miami. You know, I'm not buying here in Monterey. It's too slow. It's too old. You know, Monterey is for the 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 newlywed or the nearly dead. That's what they say. Which I I like it. I would I would think that I'd as much as I would like when to you probably were, live in. Yeah, I don't. I've never been to my. Oh, I've, I've been to Miami actually, but not for long period of time. But if I were going to move, I like slow pace. So I'm not the you know the high pace lifestyle. Going out and stuff has never really been my thing. So I'd probably like Monterey more. Like if I had. You know, money is not an object. Could choose between full time in Monterey or full time in Miami. I'd probably pick mm-hmm. Monterey first. Well, yeah, okay. There's so yeah, I know that, that was one thing I was telling you. I was trying to like when you were considering moving out of San Diego and all your complaints about San Diego. It's like, well, California doesn't have those things. Not really. I mean, there obviously we have the you know the yard signs that tell you you're a piece of shit if you're not like them, but. Uh, <laughs> But I don't think that's a what? California thing. Sorry to cut you off because I, I told you that's here too, man. That's just 
That's just the new way of the world. In this yeah, house, no, I know. We believe, and you're a piece of shit. You're an asshole. Uh, yeah. So, in this house, we believe you're a racist. Great. That's just great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna go home and rethink my life now because of your yard sign. Thank oh. you. <laughs> what do they expect? Yeah, it's like, all right. Anyway, so uh, they uh, uh, that that was. I remember telling you, like, man, you should consider here. It sounds like Monterey is kind of your speed because yeah, there's less less of that kind of. Um, there's no real douchebags. Like I guess San Diego had a lot of douchebags. Wasn't that kind of a thing that you didn't like? Or I don't know. Um, no, I wouldn't say San Diego's full of douchebags. I think it was oh, okay. just uh, the the thinking of that that daily traffic for for your lifestyle. Mm. Just again, I like the when I come to visit you, I'm like, there's a lot of walkability, man. You like some days mm-hmm. you might not even need to use, use your car, especially if you're not working. Like, let's walk and get lunch. Let's walk and do this. Let's walk walk to the beach. I like that. Exactly. No, yeah, it's walkability scores high and. And even if you need to drive, the traffic is never that bad. It's never that bad, you know, because most of the people here, not most, a large portion of, of the people who live in the peninsula are retired. They're not working. They don't have anywhere to go from nine to five, you know. So it kind of spreads out the community traffic uh, throughout the day. So there's no distinct time periods where it's really, really – I mean, there are. I mean, there is a, quote, rush hour, but it's never – it's not that bad not that bad so that's kind of a right a a good thing um but yeah it's i like it i like it here i've learned to like it a lot and and um, when i first moved here i missed the bigger city and the young people and um, and i just like bigger cities but and i want walkability for big cities i don't have to drive so much that's important and i maybe san diego is shit for that I can imagine San Diego being shit for that, you know, Southern California in general. You want like a, again, if I was forced to be in California and I could buy any any city I wanted to or any area, I think I would probably, <clears throat> man, where would I look? I would instinctively say San Francisco because that's the big city, but, and you can just bar it everywhere, but San Francisco has gone to shit. In the last you couldn't pay me five you, you ten, couldn't pay me to to move there i'd I'd probably rather like go back to giving good nobody is job nobody is paying you dude. then get move there. then get you have zero skills for san francisco no i yeah i you you'd have more more an easier time convincing me to give Bill Gates a blowjob for money than getting me to move to San Francisco for money because I fucking hate that place, never understood the appeal to it. The, some of the history behind it and the big rolling hills was kind of cool. But, yeah, I don't think of anything but wind and shitty weather and, and fucking bums. That's that's here. We got wind and shitty weather like San Francisco and Monterey. Very similar to San Francisco, the Monterey weather. So watch your fucking tongue, you fucking prick. I'm joking. <laughs> you said you'd like it here, but maybe you wouldn't is the point I'm trying to make. And I do miss the heat of Sacramento. It. Dude, the sun hasn't been out in the last three weeks. It's been overcast. Remember I was telling you about that one summer? We're literally going through, quote, June gloom right now, what they call June gloom right now during May. 
Maybe the sun so, will come out tomorrow. I don't know. It's, it seems which, to be brighter today. Huh? Which I didn't but, know you got those long periods there. I thought it was uh, – because every time I've come to visit, it's like I'm leaving San Diego coming to you, and it's still sunny, but it feels like you've got the air conditioning kicked on. It's like, oh, it's 70 degrees. The sun's mm, out. Yeah. But, yeah, you get No, the, I mean, that's – when it's pretty, it's really pretty, yeah, and it's warm. But, yeah, we get we get these bouts of, of overcast and – and dreary and it's just like i'd like for for me i like the the bright sun and sunny and warmth and all that and that's not this area that is not this area some people like the overcast the coziness and like oh i want to put on a fire you know i can go out and build a fire and use it you know it's may here in california i can yeah use a fire in the summer sometimes for the indoor keep things huh. warm and uh wow yeah, so I mean, there's drawbacks to that, but um, fuck, what was I gonna make the point I was trying to make? If I had to live in, in, in I, we might be the foggiest town. Pacific Grove might be the foggiest town in California, uh, or maybe the country. I don't even know. It's a lot of fog. <sighs> so anyway, um, yeah, if I had to be somewhere, because I was a tech, I was a computer monkey, you know tech nerd and I had to live close to San Francisco. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of options, I guess. Lafayette, uh, Walnut Creek are nice places, but, and they have BART, they have BART stations so you can make it to the city from there. And that's kind of the appeal. How long did you have to stay in? Ooh, I don't know. San Jose might be fine. Maybe San Jose would be a better place to live these days than San Francisco. It's more expensive. Sacramento, man, Sacramento's the best for, for right now. I think in the in the state for what you're getting for the price. And uh, honestly, it's pretty sweet setup over there. There there is walkability more or less if you're in downtown or midtown area. It's easier to drive. You have to time things right traffic can be bad during rush hours but i don't know why don't you move back to sacramento we are well i'm not we're not walking away from the business we've we've developed over the years here right Mm. and be stupid Mm -hmm. sacramento doesn't have the potential of earning that we have here but we are thinking about expanding out in sacramento so we could sell both places because we know sacramento so well and uh used to sell there so and you're still relatively uh, close. What's what's that? A uh-huh. is it three hour drive? Or yeah, give or take. Drive, three hour, so it's okay. two hour forty five if if you time it right, and you take the right route. Um, or it can be the worst. The worst time I've ever done was six hours, I think, and nonstop driving for six hours from Monterey to California because the traffic in between. Once you hit that 80 corridor, apparently the 80 highway 80 in between San Francisco and Sacramento is the worst highway uh, se- sector section or whatever stretch of highway in the country. And I hit it at its worst, where as soon as 680 meet, met hi- uh, Highway 80, like where Fairfield is, it was mm-hmm. a parking lot. It was a fucking parking lot. We didn't go faster than 15 miles an hour the entire way until I made it to downtown Sacramento. Imagine that. It took me four hours. That's true. 
That's pretty horrible. Normally takes about it. Normally takes about an hour, maybe fifteen minutes. It took me four hours. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think everybody's trying to go to Tahoe. Well, whatever. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before. That was the. Uh, um, I like Tahoe too. I grew up going there and stuff. But Tahoe's I went to Tahoe amazing. on the fourth, on the Fourth of July one time, and that was the worst worst Fourth of July I've ever had. Just crowded beach full of people you're like fenced off to where you can't even go go down close to the water if you have alcohol and uh the water's freezing cold like you don't even want it's not even enjoyable so what tahoe yeah in the summer yeah maybe you've sent yeah it was i mean july july 4th it was the fourth of july you don't want to go you don't want to go to tahoe on the fourth of july or on new year's eve it's nut to butt with strangers the whole the whole time you're there uh, it's way over mm-hmm. overcrowded, and it's just a nightmare to get to. Nightmare to get into, because you only have that Highway 49. I guess you could take Highway 80 and, and just kind of take back rest, but I bet you you wouldn't be the only one. And uh, Highway 49, I meant Highway 50. Sorry. Uh, so it's going to take you a long time to get in and out because of all the traffic, of all the people want. And when you're there, yeah, you're you're a bunch of sardines up into that small little lake town. And, uh, yep. Just like fucking ridiculous. I never, I did one fourth of July there. Never done a, a new year's. I've heard about new year's is there. New year's Eve's there. Um, never wanted to do one. It's fun enough during a obscure day in the summer. It's fun enough during obscure day during the winter in, in mm-hmm. Tahoe. And so, and that's, um, that's probably like any, any place anymore, just with the amount of people in the world is, is if you're going on a holiday when it's expected to be, to be busy, if you're not, if you're not good in crowded places and didn't plan ahead, it's probably not going to be the best time. I think I'm kind of well, pessimistic. It's the same kind of philosophy I had about like, don't go to Vegas on a party holiday during a party holiday. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, Las Vegas is a party in that town. 24-7-365. You can go there anytime. It's a fucking party. People, everybody there is there to get drunk, gamble, have fun, party, to live it up, right? So why mm-hmm. would you waste an opportunity for a day like that in a town that normally doesn't party to do it in a town that always does it, where it's too much, it's too overcrowded, right? And uh, so, like, yeah. Just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Just wouldn't do it. You know, just like I'd rather do New Year's Eve and like in San Francisco was a lot of fun. Doing New Year's Eve in San Francisco is a lot of fun. It's a, that's one of the great cities for for New Year's Eve. You know, um, you know, I'd rather do it in Tokyo, right? Now Tokyo, I bet you there are parts of Tokyo where you can find a party twenty four seven three sixty five, right? It, throughout that city, it's like when I was in D.C. Uh, I made friends um, with this uh, this lady and this young lady and uh, and her friends. She kind of attached me, allowed me to join her friends on a Monday night. And we ended up in some nightclub on a Monday night, getting fucked up, having a blast till like three, three, four a.m. Like three a.m. Dancing yeah. and stuff. Couldn't believe it. I was like, oh wow, can't do this in Monterey, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but there's always you can like in every big established city you can always find a party right on every mm-hmm. day of the week you know club going up on a Tuesday but 
you know, I don't know. There's a excitement in the city, like like I said earlier, when the Giants win the World Series, the entire city is partying, and that's pretty incredible, and that's fun to experience on St. Patrick's Day in Chicago or Boston or New York or something like that. And there's big cities that likes it a lot. It's like, wow, this is fun. Like, so I, there's a there's a healthy mix. There's a healthy mix uh, where it's it's not overly crowded with partiers. That's my thing. So uh, Vegas would be silly on New Year's New Year's Eve. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's great. I just know Tahoe is. Tahoe doesn't make sense on those days. Yeah. Big enough. It's not big enough to facilitate that many people coming in. Oh. Oh, anyway. I think you're right. Well, to – I think – yeah, I was going to say, do you got anywhere else you want to go? I'm, yeah, I might sum up uh, to answer Andrew's question. Living in Mon- Montana versus living in California, I think there's some give and take. I, I like the scenery change year-round. It's like you kind of like – you feel like you pay your dues waiting for summer, which is kind of nice. And then once summer comes around, you're you're on the water or on the river doing stuff. It You start to get sick of the heat, and then right when you're sick of it, you know, it starts shifting towards – Winter time, sometimes it starts snowing in July, August, September. Sometimes it'll start snowing until October. Sometimes it snows in October mm-hmm. and then goes away and doesn't snow again until December, January. Um, as far as mm-hmm. housing prices or anything like that, I haven't been looking at houses in California, but I, the prices here are not any cheaper than, than when I left San Diego. They're about the same. So, again, if I were going for a 600 thousand dollar house here versus a six hundred thousand dollar house in san diego i'd probably move back to san diego if i were given the choice between the two um taxes and stuff like that registering my truck wasn't much cheaper than it was the year before when i registered it in california if that's something anybody because i've had people bring up weird stuff like yeah i heard it's like ten dollars to register a vehicle and maybe once you're if you have an older vehicle that that price goes down much more so, I think that's Idaho. People um, must be conflating Idaho with Montana because Idaho I, I, is I think a lot they cheaper. Are. To, all those things are yeah. a lot cheaper in Idaho. Montana is not. I, I, Idaho is like everything that that Montana you think Montana is as a Californian, but without yeah. all the, the the California bullshit most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Although th- yeah. I think that's and rapidly think, changing there too, though. Yeah, I think there's more California bullshit here. Personally, there's I I see more more you know the hippie dippy wearing sandals all year long and and just wants bernie sanders to pay for their college and and give them a high salary to make coffee um i see more of that here than i ever did what they want maybe it's because it's a smaller town what they want is they want somebody to pay them a quarter million dollars so that to suck their dick right and uh, right that's what they want spoiled brats spoiled brats completely detached from reality but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it sucks over there, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, <laughs> it it doesn't suck. I, it, no, it doesn't suck. It's uh, it's something I think about. I like, I, I, you know, I moved I, here to, to, for hiking I, in the outdoors and stuff. But I I think mm-hmm. ideally I'd I'd be like the 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 guy you work with that that lives here part of, like I I come and go as I please. You know, a snowbird or whatever. Yeah. Like I live in Florida or somewhere nice most of the year, and when I'm sick of the heat i come out here or just when i want to get away and have that winter atmosphere come here 
Yeah. No, I mean, um, that sounds about right. I was just about to send you a, a gift, an Amazon gift, a noose in the mail. And uh, <laughs> just let you take care of it. I'm happy to hear you recant all of that and say, no, actually, it, it is it is good. So I'm a bit confused. Is it is it awesome there or is it not? Does it suck? Because it sounds it's, like it sucks. And then you're like, no, it's awesome now. So which is it? I would say overall, it's nice living here. I like it. I like the pace of life. Still a lot less traffic than what I'm used to. There's a lot of outdoors and recreation. Hmm. I guess well, I was kind it? of talking more hypothetical. If I had the hypoth- like some hypothetical choice to where, you know, I'd spend a majority of my time living and working and having a family here, I'd probably bounce back and forth. Or maybe that's a long-term goal is to, is to. But you can't do that now. You can't do that now. You still, you, I don't know. Maybe it's because you know you got the you got the baby, you got the girl, and it's just you can't because uh, uh, you don't have the means to to jump back and forth. You have to pick a place and stick to it, and you're choosing to stick to Montana over a California, say, or or, or a Florida, and um, I guess your actions speak louder than your words, asshole. Also. Uh, the other thing, the other yeah. thing is, uh, what was I going to say about that? I had, I had another point to make. Um, it escaped me. It escaped me. I think it was something like, oh man, I've gone, I've gone completely blank. I think I got low blood sugar. I haven't eaten anything today. Shit. Uh, well, there's your first problem. Oh, oh, I know. I like the the stuff you were saying in the latter part. It's like, yes, there's some fucking gratitude. Half glass, half full attitude. You know, look at it and say, you know what? Uh, There might be a bunch of signs telling me I'm a piece of shit, but I know I'm not. And today the sun is bright and there's no traffic. You get to breathe in that fresh, non-smoggy air, right? There's no smog there, correct? It's not like San Diego. No, I'd say no. Yeah. So, glass half full, my man. Glass half full. While you're there, glass half. You made full. a decision. My point is whether whether you're you're happy with your decision or not, you're not changing your mind uh, for whatever reasons, and they're personal, and I understand or whatever. So, might as well make the most of it and be happy happy for your choice. And the complaining, yeah. I like and your it- rants. I think they're entertaining. I want to hear them. But on a serious note, I hope they're not plaguing you too much. Is what I have to say about that. No, and and yeah, my, it's probably more me just losing my train of thought. Like overall, would I move back to San Diego right now? No. Would I be open <laughs> to it versus you know circumstances changing? Yeah, like I like we're always talking. You know, Kaylin with with her work, she she doesn't know if the hospital that she works at is going to end up offering her what she initially thought she was signing up for. So. She's. I'm always had that in the back of my mind. If she might eventually want to go do something else, or kind of you know broaden her scope of practice with her work mm-hmm. and move somewhere mm-hmm. else, and I'm open to it. But for now, I'm happy here. I'm not looking to leave. Yeah, I think with COVID, COVID fucked the market on a lot of stuff: housing, cars, you know, buying trailers, you know, buying toilet paper and whatever else. But that's just the the whole country is dealing with that, and and 
maybe I'm being too much of a Gladys, not tending to my own garden enough and sitting out mm. in front of somebody's driveway where there's 120 grand just in cars and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and they're still in their pajamas. And I'm like, what the fuck is that person doing? So mm-hmm. mind, mind my own business, tend to my own garden. Exactly. That's perfect. I, I Again, I don't want to encourage you or dis, dissuade you from not expressing your little complaints because I love them. I, I think they're so entertaining. <laughs> and I want you to, this is how you exercise your demons as you talk about it and you're like, you vent about it, right? So I want you to do that. Just hopefully they're not resonating and ruining your existence as well as getting that. So no, if they are, if they I'm, are, I'm kind of surprised it's coming off my that way. No, I'm surprised it's coming off that way. That's all. Good. Good. No, I mean, it's not. You, got it's the, not. you can take the take right. the noose out of your Amazon cart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I am. I'm. I right now. I'm. I'm canceling. Oh no, it's too late. They won't accept it. So oh, you already it sent it. it. All right. Yeah, well, it's already ho- hopefully you got Prime. You can... Prime shipping. So I well, hate waiting. It, yeah, for it. Prime. It's free. It's it, no. It's going to be the free shipping. It says it's going to be there next week, probably about Wednesday. Uh, but you can cool. use it for for one of your dogs instead. So, no, not all is lost. Correct. No, I'll put it downstairs so when you come to visit, you'll have a little autoerotic association ah. corner. Well, you can hang we actually in. talked about this. It doesn't work if it's a rope. It needs to be a belt. It's not sexy a belt. if it's a rope. <sighs> and those threads, that rough little threads, and it's like pinching and, and, and giving me a bad ru- uh, burn, like a rope burn around my neck. You know, it's like I need a bell also so I can walk out in public after I'm done with my erotic, autoerotic asphyxiation and nobody sees like the the signs, the redness, you know, the bell is probably better that way. Correct? Yeah. Pe- people that right? are into no, that. You, you know, you know better there? than me, right? Wouldn't people that are into that be coming to work with like marks on their neck and people ask them like, hey, man, you all right? Oh, yeah. my I had this tie on all day on the weekend and it got too tight i was drinking or something i was like what is it what's oh, the excuse I, for that they got they got oh i try to kill myself that's it yeah. oh i just try to kill life. myself yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know that's the thing i think that's the point of the belt is you can't see that you can't see it it doesn't it doesn't cause heavy markings on your neck like a rope would like a noose like a rough itchy scratchy rope Ugh. you know how are you that's meant yeah. to, how are huh? you how are you laughing at this, Greg? You're such a sick bastard. Maybe you should put one of those signs in your. Do you hear me laughing? Says, in this house, hey, we beat off with ropes. No one is illegal. In this house, no one is illegal. Tolerance is everything. I can't even. I Kindness. can't even say it. Kindness is everything. Kindness is everything. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Love is love. Yeah. Racism is wrong. Black Which Lives it is Matter. Wrong. It's actually, yeah. Black Lives Matter. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Also, yeah. thank you for telling uh, me that plastic is bad for the environment. I didn't know that. Wow. I learned something new today. That's not on that sign. It's in this house, we believe Black Lives Matter. You missed the that point. Women's rights. Women's rights. Point. Wait, wait, what was your point? You said, maybe I can get one of those My signs. point is the person with that sign is the person sticking their finger in your chest saying, hey, this is wrong. And you're saying, I already fucking know it's wrong. Thank you for telling me. And thanks for being a pretentious cocksucker with your fucking stupid garden sign. 
Yes, there it is. There's that righteous indignation. Uh, so what, we already talked about all that. So why are we going back to that? I thought we were talking about autoerotic asphyxiation I again. I don't you know. know. I think it's time to Do end you think it. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has one of those signs outside his house? Probably, yeah. I think he does. I think he does. He's I bet a... you he has the, in this house we believe, Black Lives Matter, all women's rights are human rights. Uh, um, what's the, no human is illegal. Uh, fuck, I forgot the next part. All that, whatever. Love is love. Yeah, is I bet he does. I and he had a. You were talking about her earlier. I think I. I think I remember him doing a post. This was probably at least a year ago or more now. That of the Greta, Greta. Um, what's her name? Yeah, Greta Thunberg. Like, you inspire, How dare you? you inspire me. You inspire me. Meanwhile, this is the guy she's saying she hates that has a fleet of cars and Hummers and says, yeah. "Oh, well, I'm putting battery packs in some of them, so I'm a great person." Like, what about all the mining and shit for the the chemicals and stuff that make up those batteries. And then when you dispose of the battery, but anyway, we're going to go down a, we, we talked about that one already, didn't we? You should, you should, here's the thing about Arnold. As much as we love him, he's also kind of a cocksucker. He kind of is. And and it's like, you're kind of, yeah, you're, he's doing all this. He had that crystal knocked video and all this other stuff. He's just virtue signaling. It's just like, Hey everybody, come and see how good I am. So come and see how good I am, how good of a person I am. He's yelling, he's trying to get attention for that. Yeah. Well, it was almost like he was trying, trying to be insulting when he did some of his first videos of the, the stay inside, it's tight quarters, da 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 da. da, And he's He's smoking a cigar in his. his, Yeah, he's got cigars and donkeys in his kitchen. It's like, yeah, it's maybe not tight quarters for you. You've got a donkey in your house, but uh. I didn't hear about the, the rest donkey of us thing. that don't have a, a ten thousand square foot house. I'll try and look up the video and send it to you. But yeah, it was just a he's like doing videos in his kitchen. I just saw the video where quarantine for he started. was he was in a in his jacuzzi spa uh, jacuzzi uh, pool spa connected to his pool outside smoking a cigar, telling how everybody needs needs the quarantine. I know it's really hard, but we need to stay away. Social distancing. Yeah, and it almost did seem like it's—is this a joke? Is he fucking with us? Because, you know, he's clearly showing off how awesome it is for him to social distance and quarantine. You know, he's not holed up in a in a New York six hundred square foot New York apartment with five other rats, i.e., human beings, and uh, they're coughing and breathing all over each other. He doesn't have that problem, and he's like, "Yeah, we really need to do this." For the country, for the people, save lives or whatever the fuck he was saying while he was smoking a cigar. And it did. It kind of seemed like, oh, he's he's trolling everybody here. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe he. That's all this is. Maybe all of his virtue signal is one big fat elaborate troll he's putting on all the all the other you know social media little fuckers. Actually, I like that idea. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Arnold Schwarzenegger is trolling everybody. With these virtual virtue signaling, uh, uh, motherfucking uh, things, videos he puts out, how good of a person he is, and his public service annou- announcements he makes. That's what makes sense to me, actually. That's funny. Now I get it. Now it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arnold, I guess you could he call kills it funny. me. Yeah, he kills <laughs> me. He's so funny. He's ahead of everybody else. 
I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Smart guy. Yeah. Smart guy. I think I might get one of those. I, we believe in this house signs just to, to kind of join in the Arnold Schwarzenegger trolling. I think that'd be hilarious. You know. That would be good. You should. I'll anyway. order. I'll order you one if you want. You want me to order you one? You will pay money and 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 direct it towards these cocksuckers who created well, that. Well, by order one, actually. I meant I will go take one out of somebody else's yard and put it in the box. I love that. To you. That was just that was just my idea. I was like, we should just steal one from some cocksucker and then put it on our yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help hey, your is neighbor. Is that mine? Man. Wouldn't that be funny if you did it to the neighbor, like on your street? Like I think my neighbor has one. Like a few, like five doors down on the same street. What if I just one day he woke up and he's like, "Where'd my sign go?" And he drives by one day, just sees that same sign, maybe not his, but on my yard. You know, <laughs> you gotta think and wonder. Now, is that mine? You're in your and you're in your bathrobe smoking a cigar, but you can't smoke cigars and. In Pacific Grove, so you're not smoking a cigar. Well, I could do it on my own private property. Oh, okay. So it's illegal to smoke outside unless you're on your own private property or if you're in your car. So, and that's what I do. I I already told you this. So what I do is I get into my truck and roll down the windows and drive down downtown the main street lighthouse with my cigar, blowing all that dirty, dirty, pollutant smoke out into the fresh air. I drive by these these uh, these 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 uh, leftists. They're just <coughs> on the sidewalk when they see me. And uh, no, that's a joke. They don't actually cough. I'm too far away. <laughs> stupid. Could you imagine that? <coughs> just from me driving by, it's so stupid. Oh. I think I'm getting. I think I'm getting the black lung. <coughs> I think I'm getting the black yeah. lung pop. Does he say pop? <laughs> I think I'm getting the black yeah. lung pop. Christ. Been down there for one day. Try thirty years. Try thirty years. Who's winning the match? And he's sitting there. He hates it. <laughs> he just says, state, state. No. All, he says. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this up. Any any final thoughts or words you wanna you wanna send off with for the week? Oh no, I can't think of anything, man. Just tune in next next week and and all that. What would you have something? What were you thinking? No, I was just going to say thanks for anybody listening and uh, yeah, yeah. hope you enjoyed it and were able to keep up with wherever my train of thought goes because I, I think I have ADD or ADHD sometimes and just never got diagnosed. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to hate some of my buddy's coffee when I can. Uh, I'm waiting for him to, I have to, he hasn't officially put it out yet but he just sent me a trial bag but i'm kind of curious to for what you think because i meant to ask you about invader coffee but then you told me today that you don't drink coffee that often which i didn't know so i quit yeah i quit except i will make exceptions for special coffees or you know i have a latte every right. now and then so yeah send it send me over that package i'll try it out and tell you if i like it or not uh invader right. coffee if you're out there we haven't been in advertising for you so we can go fuck no, i'm joking i'm joking about that. <laughs> uh I, I don't know i'm just saying if you do um, like Invader Coffee, discount code Johnny Law will get you 15% off, I think. It's definitely yeah. worth it. Still my favorite coffee. My my buddy's coffee is pretty good. I'm trying out some of his new blends. We'll see We'll see uh, when he gets That's out. That's an endorsement to your buddy. I like, I'd like that. I'd like, I'd, like, 
I'd like to give him a shout-out. Not quite the best, but uh, but pretty good. I like that. Nice, Johnny. No, uh, no, you're you're such a cocksucker sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared, your 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 coffee's great, Jared. It's very good. No, I genuinely like it. I'm just saying that Invader is still with their. I'm a. I've become a flavor snob, so I like the well, the Mexican chocolate and the mm, the whiskey mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you send over Jared's to me, and I, I might find that I like Jared's over uh, your Invader coffee. So it's a matter of preference in the end. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, um, I think we should we should end this. This is long. This is damn near three hours. It's a longer one than usual. It is. And it I, is. Need, and, I need to and eat you, something. I'm about to collapse. You've, huh? you've got schoolwork to do for me so i'm going to send you my login and stuff and have you start working on i that. also have taxes man the, the extended tax days ends tomorrow you knew that did you know that did you know that uh yeah. yeah the 17th 16th. i did i 16th. i actually filed an extension extension this year or i had the tax Smart. person do an extension because i forgot about it clever boy clever boy it's actually the best way to go is an extension and then you file as, as late as you can because the IRS is far less likely to audit you if you file an extension and then file at the last second. They're so over, you know, if you're early and prompt and on time, well, then they get to kind of go over your shit with a fine tooth. They got all the time in the world before the next year comes. So you're far less likely to get audited if you do an extension and you file as late as you can. That being said, you want to pay your your tax, how much you think you owe up front. So you won't owe penalties or interest because they still charge you for that. And don't forget, I think they're allowing if anybody, uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of different rules you have to look into with the, the taxes this year because of everything. Um, I think, I don't know if you have to report the stimulus check, you know, stimulus money you got or not. If you do, you know, is it do you do you, is it taxable or is it not? I don't know. Maybe it's tax free. It's yeah. supposed to be tax free, isn't it? Okay. So you don't have to I think it. so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, let's end this thing. Let's call it a day. Next Monday. Yeah. Call it a day. All right, everybody. All right, have a good rest of uh, rest of your weekend. Everybody have a good week and thank yeah, you again yeah. for listening. Besos, muchos besos. All right. Adios. Hasta hasta mes, uh, hasta semana. Adios. Okay. Uh, hasta la vista, Yeah. Bye. Sayonara.